Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Bottom. I am one of your hosts, Alejandro. With me is the Kojima simp. Paul. Hey, everybody. How's <laughs> How you it going? Doing? How you doing, Paul? I'm doing awesome. It's a good time to be a Kojima fan, let me tell you. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I really hope that a lot of what we're talking about is all true, because if it is, that's going to make me a very happy person. Yeah. How have you been doing, though? I've been doing good. Um, how are you surviving the great Facebook outage of 2021? <laughs> that's I'm doing wrecking great. all our communication tools. <laughs> um, it's It sucks that we can't actually communicate, which we usually use like Messenger and such. But um, uh, besides that, I, I try to avoid Facebook like the plague, yes. so <laughs> I am great right now. Um, I'm sure a lot of my friends and family especially are losing their minds. Oh, yes. And But, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. This is the perfect example for why one company owning too many things under its umbrella. It's such a horrible idea because, look, everything that Facebook owns right now, it's down. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, I know, right? Yeah. And, and, and at first I was like, is my internet wrong and then i called in as my internet provider and they were like oh yeah they already have the pre-prepared um message of like we're having really? issues yeah literally, literally i called them and and they said oh yeah we are having issues connecting to facebook whatsapp and instagram sorry for the inconvenience so i was like well i guess they have been getting a lot of calls already <laughs> so yeah and then you told me it was having problems i was like i thought it was just an other thing and apparently it's, it's a problem there too <laughs> don't know if you saw any of that just now my cat came flying no i didn't screen <laughs> he just jumped behind the monitor a second ago but that's awesome i wasn't expecting it and it spooked the heck out of me i tell you watching cat i absolutely love watching cat videos pursuing rats because for some oh, reason gosh. cats can run at the speed of sound i don't know they have a way to like run so quickly I don't know how they do it. It's like I don't either. But like they can control it so perfectly. One of my friends has a, a dog and a cat, and the cat will run just enough to stay out of the reach of the dog, so the dog just keeps chasing it until it tires itself out. It's really funny. Yes. So housekeeping. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for people I noticed, yes, we have uh, officially are now in this era where we're recording on Mondays our new sections, and then on Wednesday you receive what we have been playing and a topic of Paul's choice. And on Thursdays for audio listeners, they get a version of that show that's basically spliced both what we recorded on Monday and Wednesday together. However, I made the mistake of not also providing a full version of the two things also for video listeners. So for viewers. So for anyone that likes uh, listening or watching us on YouTube, you're going to, and you don't want to do the, I just want to hear the news. I just want to hear what they've been playing, but I want to hear everything together. There's going to be an option for you. Also on Thursday, just at the same time as it goes live on audio, whatever we record on Monday and Wednesdays is going to also be all together on Thursdays if you like to consume it that way. And for those that just want to consume one thing or the other, you're all going to have that option. That way we're going to feed the God that is the YouTube algorithm because Holy it really sucks that you have to be uploading a lot for you to be noticed here. So, uh, yeah. And another thing with housekeeping, Alejandro, do you want to talk about the thing that we might do later today or did you want to keep that as a surprise? No, we, we can tell now, like, uh, especially right. now that the Halo Infinite um, flight has been, um, is basically getting close, uh, getting close to being done. I think there's a few more days of the flight yet. Paul hasn't played Halo for a while. I did a little 
when was the last time you played Halo, Paul? Just for um, when I finally downloaded the collection, I played a little bit of Reach, so like the first four or five missions of that. Um, but that's okay, the you, last you, time you, I played. Yeah, Halo. you played it very late because Reach arrived like in 2019. Well, oh no. Um, so I played the Master Chief Collection on mm -hmm. computer this year. Oh, okay, that um, makes sense. But it was Reach on only a little bit of it. So I yeah, haven't and touched Reach like, was, the Yeah, and Reach was the first store. one, actually, that came out to PC, ironically. Right. That's how they um, So I haven't actually touched the mainline story in a very long time. Um, I watched my brother play a little bit of the Halo 2 to see all the cool cutscenes, mm -hmm. um, and I haven't seen or played any of the rest of it in a, a really good while. So this is going to be like, I, I hope it's going to like reawaken some kind of childlike vibe to yes. me. Um, I, I'm going to try to voice all of that as I think about it, because mm -hmm. it's all going to be Alejandro's gameplay with me in the background doing something stupid, like driving a warthog yes. off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, so basically not to bury the lead, we're going to be streaming our playthrough of Halo from the first one all the way until five. Yes. Like as much as as we as much as time allows us, as we build towards the release of Halo Infinite on December eighth, so we have two yes. months. So, and I played them often a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know if you would mind just playing it in the easiest difficulty, so you can just blast through. Unless you want to do yeah. hardcore um, and do heroic, because I I, know that... <laughs> I could do. I can maybe deal with heroic. Um, that's what I did at my at my strongest in Halo, mm -hmm. but legendary was a nightmare, especially on the uh, was it the skull that if one of you dies, it just resets. I think that um, was on Reach. Reach is the hardest in co-op. Reach yeah. is unbearable. Well, well, actually, uh, Reach and Five are the hardest because Five is limits your ammo. I don't know if you ever played. That's five, true. I but, did play Five. I never finished it though. Yes, uh, Five is like didn't feel like it was designed for a legendary playthrough especially if no. you were playing by yourself if you're in co-op i i played uh five with two of my roommates back in 2017 we did it in legendary we beat it took a while because there's some stupid enemies in five that you have to hit them in the back the wardens so i think i remember those very vaguely though because my brain just shut that off well uh, five story was bad so don't know no shocker there but the gameplay was know fun. enough of that yeah. yeah um what uh one last little thing with halo is uh you have not lived until you played xcom 2 modded with halo characters Ooh, that sounds beautiful it is so fun um <laughs> to have all of the cool armor sets and like voice lines for everybody it's it's clean but anyway uh, Alejandro, we have other things to talk about today. Absolutely, we? because we're not in what we've been playing. That will be later. We're not. <laughs> but, but we got a bevy of news. And I tell you, I'm so thankful we're not doing a recap on Mondays of the previous week's news because now we don't feel the pressure that we're launching. And then something immediately gets us um, basically irrelevant if we're trying to stay relevant. It would have worked on Friday, but your schedule doesn't work on Friday. So this is yeah, the next best thing. So, Paul, press X. For some news. <laughs> here comes the news so paul remember that one time there was a leak about a suit acquisition then we were like is it actually happening was it a goof you were you were saying that it was a goof i was like it's too elaborate of an image to just have been a goof they have that thing ready i was like i i wanted to have the benefit of the doubt of like what if somebody just decided to make this up 
um but honestly i don't even remember what i was saying back then yes. so it finally happened <laughs> it finally happened after an accidental leak by playstation's japan twitter back in july sony has officially acquired texas developer bluepoint games the studio that has become well renowned for both their remaster and remake work as seen recently with their brilliant shadow of the colossus and demon souls remakes from 2018 and 2020 and some really good remaster work back in the ps3 era with the god of war collection metal metal gear solid hd collection and a bunch of others so here's the rub though the news comes with the announcement that their next game will be an original title dashing any hopes that they may be working on something so desired like a metal gear solid one remake next what do you think of this paul um well it's very delayed kind of a, an answer i think three months almost like but, we had kind of discussed at the time i think they wanted those uh developers to get their time in the limelight mm -hmm. talk about that so it's not a whole bunch of things all at once but uh sony's been picking up a lot of things under the radar uh against a lot of what we've been thinking i don't know how much of that we talked about on the podcast yeah, so though. just as a recap of what they have do been doing this year um the first thing they did was announce a partnership with discord after Discord basically said to Microsoft, go away, because they wanted to be acquired by, by uh, because Microsoft wanted to acquire Discord, but apparently because they acquired Skype, they would have gotten into monopoly territory. So that didn't happen, but then um, they got a minority stake on Discord. So Discord is gonna become a native part of PlayStation sometime in 2022, which will be awesome because with all the crossplay games, you need a better chat system than what we have currently. Then- it's Terrible. Yeah, then they acquired Housemark, the developer of Returnal. That was the first acquisition that they that they revealed. That was when the goof, ha goof happened because all the PlayStation accounts, with the exception of Japan Twitter, had Welcome Housemark, and then Japan had also Welcome Bluepoint. So that's where all this thing was like, oh, the, the cat's out of the bag, that's what's next. The next day we heard about Nixus, the guys that made the PC ports of many Square Enix games like Marvel's Avengers, Tomb Raider, and a bunch of that, that was acquired by Sony. Then I think it was a few weeks ago they acquired this random studio called Fire Sprite, which um, it's a studio based in Liverpool, England, and that one was interesting because it had talent from Sony Liverpool that they closed down back in twenty back in uh, twenty twelve after really? the release of the Wipeout twenty forty two game on Vita. So a lot of that talent remained together and they stayed with Fire Sprite, and then they're a big team; they're like two hundred fifty people. And they kind of had like three games in development and then they acquired that. He was basically reacquiring the studio that they closed down with most of the same people. And now we got Bluepoint. So they've got they got been they, doing some moves, despite a lot of people saying that they've been doing nothing this year because their eternal silence made it feel that way. They um to quote the gamer dictionary, they have a dummy thick level of talent. Yes. And um that's there's not too much more to say about that one. It's just, I'm excited for all the stuff that they're going to make, uh, especially Bluepoint specifically, since that's what this piece of news is about. Um, they have shown that they can be trusted with really big stuff um, of the idea. I can't remember who said it, but with specifically in regards to Demon Souls saying that they modernized gameplay elements but kept the heart and passion of what initially made it so great same with shadow shadow of the colossus yeah. has the exact shadow same thing. of the colossus yeah. same thing um so i'm just excited to see whatever else they do especially considering they're now being trusted with their own original title and yeah. hey i'm gonna be fine with that was interesting because you know they've only done one original title in their entire history it was uh 
PSN game that came out in 2006 that wasn't that well received, but their accolades came from doing good work with someone else's work, basically being a cover band. Someone made a joke at the uh, Iron Lords podcast that they're the ones that do the, uh, um, <laughs> they're basically the cover studio. But that's a very almost disrespectful way of saying it, that that's just reflecting the really great work they've done. They've set the bar high for remakes that only Resident Evil 2 has been able to um, reach, in my opinion, as someone that put a remake with definite care in modern in modern ways. So a new game by them will be interesting. But speak, speaking of Metal Gear, yeah. website Video Games Chronicle, which by the way, I've noticed that Video Games Chronicle has become a very reputable site. I'm really glad that They've, a lot of the things that they broke and have actually come to pass. Remember Mario um, 3D All-Stars? They were the first ones to break it. That was them. Okay. Yeah, that was, that, that was them. So, Video Games Chronicle reports that sources tell them Konami is ready to come back to premium game development where they will bring back series like Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, and Silent Hill in some shape or another. For Castlevania, it will be a reimagining title worked by both Konami's internal team and some outsourced studio which will be the first console Castlevania game since Lords of Shadow 1 and Lords of Shadow 2, the duology from 2010 and 2014. Did you ever play those? I did. Um, well, I only played the first one, but don't forget there was a last uh, DS or 3DS game. Mirrors of Fate. Yeah, Mirrors yeah, of Fate. Yeah, that's the one. But that's a um, DS. That was, it eventually got ported to consoles, but the last main like, like console-made games were those two. True. And the second yes. one wasn't very good. So no. uh, for Fine. Metal Gear Solid, the company's planning both remasters of the already released games, which would finally make the series available to modern consoles since the entire series uh, via the HD collections has remained stranded on PS3 with only select titles available by Xbox backwards compatibility. And they're also entrusting Chinese studio Virtuos who has been who has done support work studio for many different things. And they also did the Batman Return to Arkham collection and they're going to be working on a remake of the fan favorite Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. As for Silent Hill, tinfoil hat on. BGC, yeah, BGC reiterates their earlier report from earlier this year that Silent Hill has been given to a couple studios to work on individual games, both Western and Japanese studios. Remember Bluber Team, the guy that made the medium, signed like a MOU with them earlier. So we assumed they were going to be working on them. So you can connect the dots there. And they also reiterated that the Japanese studio in particular is a well-renowned studio, though VGC specifically didn't say who it was. However, reputable website Gamatsu, who has sources that are very entrenched in Japan, corroborated most of VGC's reporting with them adding that their sources tell them the prominent Japanese developer working on Silent Hill is actually Kojima Productions. Shine, show your shirt. <laughs> and that Sony Interactive Entertainment is the one actually footing the bill for the development. This is especially notable considering all the shenanigans surrounding the saga of Abandoned earlier this year. BGC mentioned that most of these plans were supposed to be announced this year at E3 by Konami, but the company very publicly was the first one to bow out of E3, so expect at least some sort of announcement in 2022. This is a big one, Paul. What are your thoughts? I am like, I haven't even fully processed the information <laughs> and that gets 
left in all this there's so much that could be unpacked it's like you get opened up into this warehouse with mm -hmm. a bunch of locked doors and you're like this is cool but what is behind all of this extra stuff because mm -hmm. there's so many little details in here that get me interested one is like the source for video games chronicle that has been able to do this second this would mean that Kojima is starting to work even if indirectly with Konami again mm -hmm. because the problem with this is that I'm not as big of a Silent Hill fan but for Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid I'm huge fans of and Konami owns the rights to those and they have not been wanting to play ball with anybody else and that's one of the reasons why all their stuff has gone into like pachinko machines and not actual <laughs> games it, by the way speaking of the pachinko missions do you ever see the one they did for metal gear solid 3 with a remake of the final cutscene in the fox engine i watched all of those cutscenes on youtube it <sighs> looks so good what an insult so that was stuck there <laughs> i'll um, continue yeah so just like you said it's it really wasn't in their interest to do something like that but then they realized that after the more or less failures in lords of shadow 2 Metal Gear survives attempted revival of the series. Awful. Horrible Awful. Uh, process. And they also made Contra. Um, was the Rogue Corp, I think, is a yeah. Um, which apparently game. did terribly. Yeah, horrible game. Also. And then eFootball, which. Uh, okay, but by the way, have you seen the image? Oh my God. Those eight pictures are horrifying. <laughs> What's happening um, with eFootball? Sitting at like a 9%. Uh, on how good it is yeah on steam charts is it like the lowest like reviewed game thousand yeah. reviews or something <laughs> like that so anyway uh their initial uh internal team has not been known for doing good work which Absolutely. makes me a little nervous about the castlevania revival that they're talking about i'm hoping that they've learned their lesson from this and they really want to go back to if not their roots with a 2d castlevania just to get their foot in the door with everyone because if I were them, that's what I would do. I would do something, maybe not huge blockbuster, just something good that people will trust and then spend their money on something next. So don't go full blown yet. Mm -hmm. Put the passion in, yeah. put the desire, get the help. Yeah, I feel I feel what's interesting here is kind of like the approaches. Like the Castlevania thing, yeah, it worries me because Lords of Shadow 2 was not a good game at all. The first one was. Yeah. Because it's a mix of internal developers and external developers because they're having outside help. That helps ameliorate it a little bit. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So but, but again, if the like core if the team is still in charge, then I'm not sure how yeah. involved this outside source is gonna be. Yeah, That's especially because their main like core development team hasn't delivered a good game since metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain like that was the last time they had an acclaimed thing and it's been what six years because metal gear survive happened three years after that and was horrendous right. obviously contra road corp also with the metal gear solid thing I th the thing that excites me is just the idea of the remasters of the already released games because those games are good i replayed all of metal gear this year on ps3 i wish i could do it on normal console but just being able to like what makes me interesting is like how are you going to do the first metal gear because that's one of the more highly beloved entries because of its purity and how well it holds up but just you have to do one of two things it's either you give it the twin snakes treatment 
and, um, and and that one's tricky because Twin Snakes broke a lot of that game and made and it. Some people ridiculous. consider that better too. Which That's they're the cra- weird thing. they're they're crazy. If they only consider it cra- better because it looks like Metal Gear Solid Two and has the first person camera, I get it. But the essence of that game is lost because first person breaks that game. Like it breaks all the combat with Revolver Ocelot and the cutscenes that they added. They basically made Salt Snake Neo from Matrix. He does all these backflips and he stands on the Really? On, on like missile you should watch the cutscenes it's insane oh, that Lord. they the, the, the soundtrack has changed some of the voice acting has changed like there's like i mentioned you the soundtrack the the best is yet to come from metal gear solid one like hits you in yeah. the soul like like there's just something about those like almost gregorian chants but not really like the japanese chants that you really holds up as a very emotional thing that they missed in twin snakes so but if they end up releasing twin snakes it's like I'll take it because it's like it's better than nothing. Yeah. I just wish the original original Metal Gear was there, but like two and three, Metal Gear Solid two and three are like you can play those on Xbox One. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, I think if you listen to it, you can still get those games for five bucks, both of them, on Xbox Live Arcade. I told you yesterday if you wanted to yeah. acquire which them. I realize I still have uh, two, three, and Peace, Peace Walker. Walker. Uh, do you have the disc on, on disc? I oh, think. and on three sixty. I think I still have it. Yeah. Okay. So then you're I good. Would, then, then you're good. So, yeah. But if, if I you, feel the desire, I'll pop that in. Yes. Those games hold up really well. Uh, but if you're a PlayStation gamer, like modern PlayStation gamer, only Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes and Five are available to you. And right. Two, Three, and Peace Walker are on PlayStation now, which I wouldn't recommend you play those games with lag, because even Metal Gear Solid Four is stranded on ps3 natively there's been no native way to play that game other than emulators right yeah uh, and the ps3 emulator is so hard to make work if you don't have the beefiest of pcs i've been looking at betas and be like how's the emulator working because i would love to see that game like emulated at a higher frame rate and all that because it's like it can be kind of rough technically nowadays mm-hmm. but it's also a really really good game so having all of them as is just remastered would be enough because then I wouldn't mind if the remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 sucks because they're being entrusted to not a remake port, they're giving it to a remaster studio to do a remake of this game. Right. And only way I what? would accept it is if they use the Fox engine. So if it was like Metal Gear Solid 3 with Metal Gear 5 gameplay. That would be right. great. I doubt they're going to do fantastic. that. Fantastic. Um, what, like uh, I was saying, like uh, the one option was Twin Snakes, the second option was be would be to like remake it from the ground up um and a a good example rather than saying twin snakes you could say resident evil one remake Mm -hmm. and so it's everything exactly the same except quality of life and fully different textures but like Mm -hmm. same style of gameplay same voice a lot of the purists would really like that um well the only other thing is did they change the voice acting in the resident evil remake I think they did a little bit because the Jill Sandwich, the, the Jill Sandwich meme yeah. from PS1 wasn't in the GameCube remake, and the one that you can play on PlayStation and Xbox right now. Okay. So. Um. So yeah, then what I would think is if you could somehow make it so that all of the voice acting is the same, because that dialogue, David Hayter's voice is like perfectly iconic, mm-hmm. and it would be a lot easier than having to like recast an entirely different group that you know is just gonna get torn to shreds by the media anyway especially after the um, poor job they did and with that like, would be the best option for like a pure remake remaster version 
Yeah, and you don't oh, want. I think I lost you again. Oh, oh no! Dang it. Oh wait. No, I, get, I, I got you back. Okay. Yes, and, and there's internet. Did there's, I cut out at some point? Just a little bit, but I think there's like unstable internet. Of course, today has to be a day of technical of issues. Uh, um. So yeah, needless. Go for it. And I froze again. Oh wait, no, I'm yeah. here. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, so first option is to do the Resident Evil One option. Mm -hmm. Second is to remake it from the ground up, make it fully modern which I would love, but that's also a huge undertaking. Like I said at the start of this, if I was mm -hmm. Konami, I would do something simpler that I know people are going to like, get the trust up. And I know this is technically a different situation because it's a different studio, really. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm just glad that Konami's willing to play ball with other developers now. It's the best thing they can do now because their current developers just suck. Yeah. And, uh... and if I was Kojima, I would probably be okay somewhat with just remaking previous things from Metal Gear Solid mm -hmm. um, that wouldn't require my presence and leave him to do something he's more passionate about, which clearly he is liking Silent Hill lately. Yeah, well, that's a project that got taken away from him. So. Yeah. So if I, if I were him, I would jump at that Silent Hill opportunity, even though personally I would absolutely go back to Metal Gear Solid. But Yes, by the way, Silent Hill... Silent Hill 2 and 3 are 7 bucks on Xbox if you ever want to give it a shot. Like as they I with the HD collection. I am not a fan of Silent Hill at all. I am <laughs> a big scaredy boy. Um, I don't I don't like the spooks. I don't like the idea of them as much and I have no nostalgia for it. So um, I'll probably leave those. I'm just waiting for that RE8 uh, village um, discount this month at any point know, we're in so. october now <laughs> i'm so. i i would love that because i feel like i might be able to deal with the more action-oriented idea of um of re8 because seven was like right on the borderline of mm -hmm. all right i'm good but also i'm gonna spook yeah you're gonna get your spooks hopefully we're not getting spooked with the internet keep falling <laughs> falling down for us right now seriously um uh, so as for Silent Hill, what has been the thing that has driven me crazy this year, Paul? The thing that, like, when me to desire someone get their balls cut out and be hanged. I believe it was something along the lines of abandoned. <laughs> so, hearing this Gamatsu thing makes this whole abandoned shenanigans, which is what everyone wanted that thing to be. To be like this facade that would eventually be revealed as an actual an actual Kojima production of a new Silent Hill under Sony's blessing especially considering the special treatment Sony gave them to do this stupid app that hasn't been updated since that one time you know what this reminds me of? what? you haven't seen Chang-Chi yet right? I haven't actually okay. I think on October 6th it's supposed to get on Disney Plus uh, November 12th November. Oh, shoot. Okay, Taylor's it was Black City. Widow. Yeah, Black okay. Widow was October 6th. If I can get away with it, I want to see that in theaters then. Yes. Um, so remember in Iron Man 3, the whole Mandarin thing with yep. uh, being, being revealed at Trevor Slattery and all of that? 
Just I this... am the Mandarin. <laughs> yes. So um, the, the banks, Ben Kingsley basically being like a facade of the real thing. And that's referenced in Shang-Chi. The Avengers is like, yeah, we were the real thing. And there was this dude trying to do their own thing, like pretending to be what it's not. This is what a bandit is now reminding me of if it ends up not being this oh thing. Oh my gosh. Just think about that. It's like Sony and Kojima working this thing, and then they see this idiot trying to do all stuff to the side. But they didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to reveal that they were working on it. But they're letting this thing face plan because it's the only thing that would explain. Unless it was actually all part of the ruse and they tried to do the phantom painting and did it horribly. This is like the only way to expl- like explain because it's hilarious. Now we're basically getting a Gamatsu confirmation that the thing everyone has been wanting all year, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But, but it's not made, the way that like the way that, that everyone has been like obsessing over for Jesus Christ. Like, was it like when was it? June? Um, In June was when I, I, I sent you the big Reddit. Yeah, with all I think the... it was June. And then you were like, "You need to take this rabbit hole because yeah. I did." And I was like, "No, thank you. I will stay out of it. Thank you very yes. much." Um, very glad I did, especially yeah. on this back end of it. But then, if it ever does become. Like an internet historian video, I'm gonna look it, back on it and be like, ah, yes, I remember this time. This was amazing. Yeah, how a bunch of scammers basically took the thunder of a real thing to the side, or how did Sony basically allow them to do that? That's the, because that's the thing. Like, that's the last thing that I really want an answer to is how Sony. It's either it was supposed to be part of a reveal that went terribly, and then Sony cut ties with it mm-hmm. before it could look poorly. Or this whole scam line is actually true and Sony somehow got scammed by this group, mm-hmm. which both options are very interesting. That's I just it's, really want to hear a confirmation one exactly. way or the other. It, it, like, no matter what, that's like the most fascinating story of the year because of how weird it is and how like it made me grow Wild. white hair over it. So number three paul no more talking about selling before i go yeah, back into let's, my let's get out of here string <laughs> take your tinfoil hat off yes uh insomniac spider-man 2 announced not too long ago with a 2023 release window um has had a few more details come out like we didn't talk about the about this in the show when it first came out that uh actor tony todd who plays Candyman, and for me personally he plays the villain zoom on the flash he does a oh, very yeah. He does a very, very creepy voice. He is going to be the voice of Venom. But also the biggest, most recent thing was that Marvel Games Studio had Bill Roseman. He said that the game's story is going to be their version of Empire Strikes Back. So basically a tale that's going to be darker than what came before. Yeah. This is interesting, though, because I don't know about you. I don't know how far you are into replaying Spider-Man Remastered or how much you remember about that first game. That game got dark also. I remember a good amount of it, actually, because I've played it a surprising amount of times, actually, even before now. It's Mm -hmm. like four times, I think, I've played through that game. Yeah. Um, I mean, the scene that always sticks out to me is like the Halloween party when you find Martin Lee and he... uh, possesses like the doctor that hasn't they shoot himself it's like that's yeah. like it's super messed up like it, super messed up the game is like overall this like really nice sweet love letter to spider-man and then uh some of the storyline missions just take this hard left turn on 
hey, we're going to have somebody possess himself and then commit suicide right in front of your face. We're going to have 9 11 um, basically at the, yeah, uh, at a the terrorist bombing. Yeah, it's like we're going to have um, a pandemic <laughs> with several people, very prominent characters right. dying. A friend played through Spider Man back in quarantine when he had just gotten a P he had just bought a PS4 and playing through all the games and he was texting me. He was like, Of course, there's a pandemic in this game. I was like, You're right. <laughs> yep. You're you're absolutely right. There is, and um, yeah, it's like the, and even the ending, the implication of that ending was was like uh, immensely what, bittersweet. Yeah, it's very bittersweet. So it's like Spider-Man's put through the ringer. But here's the thing: like, yes, Spider-Man is a very cheery character and all that, but he has some stories that, especially in the comics, that are hella dark. Mm. Like Craven's Last Hunt, like when oh, he basically yeah. gets killed and mm -hmm. buried, like uh, since past a story that recently got reckoned when it was revealed that green goblin basically had babies with gwen stacy or something oh, like that yeah. like like or the more or, or this what if story that spider-man killed mary jane because of his um radioactive sperm. radioactive sperm like one more day enough said like yeah like like there's just been some dark spider-man stuff so and just weird dark strange things uh people seem to misunderstanding the idea of peter parker is that he's supposed to always be poor and miserable mm -hmm. i disagree with that statement however that doesn't seem to be the consensus yeah <laughs> um i feel like he needs to be strength under difficult things happening to him but um I think that's why this game resonates so well. And Spider-Man is like, this is, game succeeds for showing everything, every side. Right. His successes, um, his failures, him getting evicted. Right. But then it's also always underlied by the hopefulness of it. He mm -hmm. like he gets MJ back. He meets uh, Miles and becomes a mentor to him. He grows um, and gains a lot of strength with his suit and abilities and understanding of himself. And he wipes out a lot of uh, villains along the way, but then he also loses a lot in the process. So mm -hmm. it's always a give and take. And I think a lot of the comic book writers just want it to be misery porn featuring Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason why I think this game succeeds a lot. The fact that they are saying it's going to be darker. I'm not really worried it's going to go into that territory as much. I think it will be just what we've seen on a bigger, <clears throat> excuse me, larger scale or more intense scale like of course all of manhattan got swept up in that pandemic thing but mm -hmm. there can be other things that could be shown yeah and miles morales they're out of it basically yeah. and it's, it's not that long much longer later so you see already the city has recovered and even miles morales had like a tinge of darkness but also hopefulness so right i would hope that they have that balance right that they don't get too away because it also like it's funny that you mentioned i mentioned the flash season two here like the flash tv show that first season was like a perfect blend of light-hearted superhero car, but dark character drama that makes that one of the, like the best superhero tv seasons ever and then the second season got a little too dark like it, it had a balance but then it just it, it just becomes uh, morose and it just becomes like it, it feels like the hopefulness doesn't shine as much over like the seriousness and it's yep. so funny because a lot of that seriousness is under the villain that's voiced by Tony Todd because he's like a serial murderer. Like literally he like, I should, I'm going to send you this video of him speed breaking the necks of like 10, 10, 10 police officers just like that. Mm. It's like it's messed up. So so yeah, it's like um, I hope that Insomniac knows that 
what they got with the 2018 game was really good. Like it was so, he just nailed it that they don't feel that balance of we have to make it darker because even because everyone uses the Empire Strikes Back thing. And obviously that's a darker movie than New Hope. Right. But it ends on a hopeful note on an optimistic note, knowing that they went, they were put through the ringer, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I hope that's the lesson. I'm hoping as well. And I just lost your video, but are you still there? Yeah, my camera just, uh, (laughs) well, that's fine. Um, let's see. I think we've kind of finished what we were talking about that in the end. (laughs) Um, I agree. Um, Empire Strikes Back, I think a lot of people use that as a trigger phrase mm-hmm. and then say that means, oh, it's really grim dark. But mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back was like, it had some difficult things, but there was also a lot of hope at the end of it. So in the end, I hope it goes along that side of it. And it's a, a true Empire Strikes Back situation and not just, hey, we're going to make everyone miserable. Absolutely. Okay, let's see. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> there you go last please please last <laughs> what's i don't know what's happened we're cursed today <laughs> we are yeah but um but yeah they kind of like, yeah i agree it's like hopefully don't take the long wrong lessons of empire or everyone that decided that a sequel has to be darker just for the sake of darkness number four speaking of dark things is a twisted yes. metal revival coming soon according to once again video games chronicle it seems like a revival of that classic playstation series is actually happening the series last seen on PlayStation 3 in 2012. Uh, this news, uh, just a metal is supposed to be worked on by developer Lucid. If you know who they are, they're the ones that made the PS5 launch window title, Destruction All-Stars, which was for all intents and purposes, a Twisted Metal game on anything but name. That's what was so funny. I saw that, I was like, you have Twisted Metal. Why are you not doing a Twisted Metal for launch? But it seems that was the test, uh, that, that was kind of like the test run. The game is allegedly aiming for a release around 2023 and it will, likely be time with the announced tv show that sony's doing starring anthony mackie real See, quick that last sentence made me do the the tom the, right, the, right. The, no the the blinking meme, the blinking meme. where he kind of like wait a minute there's one is there's a tv show two it's gonna star anthony mackie um i just did not expect any of that um i have some thoughts on this one but brief uh, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. uh i did not like destruction all-stars at all um i i tried it i genuinely really wanted to like it it has a good Um, core but everything around it sucked everything about the driving absolutely sucks i think the idea is there um the characters even were decent the car designs were decent uh the idea the abilities were decent but playing those cars it felt like i was driving a brick um when you're turning like there's like this weird on rails idea once you're going a certain speed and you can't really kind of turn long enough if you try to hit the emergency brake to spin you kind of like stop but turn your car like practically 90 degrees it just it felt clunky it didn't feel right um it didn't feel satisfying to really hit another car besides the haptic feedback kind of Mm -hmm. helping you out um so i'm kind of glad that they didn't try to do the twisted metal straight off the bat just like we talked about with konami Mm -hmm. make something solid and then jump into your big eyepiece because if they had done this as twisted metal i would have sunk it immediately it would have sunk the entire series but if they done this it was like okay but not really the best if they can learn from that and now do a twisted metal game i think it's going to soar they have the core now now they can just yeah. re uh, flip the assets and just build on what worked because i right. 
sort of disagree a little bit with Destruction Walter. I felt it didn't feel too bad for the kind of game it is because I used to play Twisted Metal back in PS1 and Destruction Derby back in N64. They have to give the, the, car, the cars don't need to feel super tight. They have to feel like weighty so that everything can punch. So I think they nailed that. Unless you're looking for something more arcadey, then I can see why you didn't feel it felt right. I guess but, I had just played like Wreckfest or something else. That yeah, that's feel, way more arcadey. <laughs> right, but it's like it just it felt good driving the cars, and that's something that I can't quite quantify as be uh, as best as some other things. But in the end, um, for some people, it was more their their speed. So yeah. I'm I'm just hoping that it does well. Yeah, it's at least they say there's going to be a free to play game. I didn't put it here, but that's what the aim is oh. for. So that's going to work for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number five, Paul. Before, before the internet, we're like we're we're Crash Bandicoot first pursuing the ball, running from the boulder. The boulder. We've got a internet gun to the back of our heads called disconnecting internet. <laughs> yes. Um, number five, according to Bloomberg, Nintendo supposedly gave dev kits to developers to work on 4K enabled games for the Nintendo Switch, which, if you remember, was what the rumors of the alleged new Nintendo Switch was supposed to be capable of doing, according to them. If you remember that re uh, reporting back in May. Although Bloomberg has doubled down on the reports with them adding they've heard of 11 developers who have said dev kits, Nintendo directly refuted Bloomberg's report, reiterating they don't have plans for an upgraded model of the Switch beyond the new Nintendo Switch that's launching this Friday. And Singa, one of the developers they reported on, denied having any access to said dev kits. Singa's working on a Star Wars game that they announced in the Nintendo Direct of February. By the way, I smell BS somewhere here. Yeah, I don't. I don't know There's from where, but it's definitely coming from the big end. I would. I would say, I don't trust corporations, <laughs> especially a company as big as Zynga saying. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, we agree with Nintendo. Like, there's nothing going on here. Yes. Um, I, it's that's a bunch of crap. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately means it is absolutely real that Nintendo brought out the OLED just to get people to spend more money before they brought out an actual powerful model. Mm -hmm. um, Cause if everything is lining up the way we're thinking it is, that's really scummy on Nintendo's part to say, Hey, we're going to fix the display and nothing else mm -hmm. pay us more money. And then like maybe a year later say, Oh, by the way, that thing that was a rumor that was totally true. Uh, pay yeah. us more money. And, and because, and that's, that's the thing that, doesn't escape me because Bloomberg is not just a no one. It's a reputable source that has gotten so many things right. So I keep reiterating that I feel that this was supposed to be a power upgrade, but they saw the silicon chip uh, shortage. Look at how hard it's been trying to get a PS5 and Xbox Series X because he used that in many other industries. So they probably saw that as like, we want to make money. We're not going to like shorten ourselves out when we're competing with the a piece that are being used by the other two that are struggling to satisfy demand, especially when the Switch is still so freaking successful. Right. And by the way, this model comes out this Friday, FYI. So with Metroid. And it honestly feels like they had everything they saw that they're like, F it. We're going to have the same thing. Is this going to be a better display for those that want it? We're going to sell it regardless. So, and but you're just not going to say it because. I don't know if you remember the Marion Rabbits game that was revealed this year, like yeah. the sequel. Mm -hmm. That game looked way too good, way too good for it to be running on what's supposed to be the current Switch. And many people noted that. It's like, this really? is way too clean. The gameplay seems way cleaner than 
what the like previous one was higher resolution yeah like higher resolution and all that so yeah okay i'll leave it at, I'll just that's leave it interesting at that. yeah yeah let's leave that at that yeah number six uh back in may we learned that god of war ragnarok the sequel to ps4's most highly acclaimed exclusive was being delayed out of its proposed slash vague 2021 release window however Last week, we learned what could have been one of the main reasons for said delay. In a tweet thread he posted following the announcement that God of War 2018 was named the best game of all time by fan voting at the IGN best of all time bracket thing, actor Christopher Josh revealed that he had to go into surgery because he couldn't walk and needed to get both his hips replaced, amongst other things. And he expressed gratefulness to Sony Santa Monica for accommodating to his health issues. Whether he's fully healed or now or not, we wish him a full recovery while we wait the full release of the final chapter in the North Saga. He went like, did I show you those tweets? He literally, he literally posted after IGN announced the winner. He was between that and GTA 5. By the way, I'm so glad it won over GTA 5. I couldn't it, believe GTA 5 made it that far into the bracket. But a lot of those brackets were messed up. I'll just yeah, say that. I'll agree to that. Um, because if you put up one thing next to another, you might choose one of those options but then later on it's like oh well i definitely thought it was way better than all these other things that made it farther along in the bracket so mm -hmm. that's one reason i don't really like the idea of brackets for those things mm -hmm. especially there's they accommodate recency bias in a way oh yeah, absolutely like um, like because... apex legends versus super metric of course if you put a fan bracket people are gonna yeah. vote for apex legends there's no way to play super metric because unless you have nobody... switch online <laughs> And nobody from like a certain generation on is going to even vote on this, much less actually see it. Because mm -hmm. I didn't see it until it was on the finals. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I followed I it. I was salty when Last of Us wow. annihilated Metal Gear Solid 3, 72 to 28. Oh my gosh. I was like, I, I wanted to tear my hair up because I was like, how? But of course it's more modern. Um, in any case with this, notwithstanding terrible judgment on uh, the gaming environment, uh, this is one of those few stories that are like super wholesome. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that one, he immediately like came out and said he's the sole reason why it got delayed mm -hmm. was like huge. You don't usually do that unless you really are prepared for backlash. Mail, I guess. Or, yeah, and, backlash. Yeah. Um, suck it up, get used to it, whatever it is. But um, the fact that he once said that two that like it was overwhelming support towards this guy and his uh physical health was like really happy to me because when you sent me that initially i went oh no this man is about to be like destroyed mm -hmm. in front of my face and then it was like comment after comment saying like we love your performance you're a great actor feel better cory barrog the director he yeah. also showed his love there so because he literally said, this isn't PR approved. I'm just saying, I'm just shooting my shot. This is what happened. And right. they didn't come in and be like, cut that. No, don't say that. No, right. they were like, and throwing the, and throwing support. And I'll say this, maybe, yeah, it's fully true that that was the entire reason it was delayed. I mean, I also include that we're in a COVID environment. So that also yeah. had, I think there's an more effect. to yes. it, but the fact that he like said it was entirely him to try to take all of the, the blame mm -hmm. was like really big of him, I think. And, um, and and more than and more than anything, like a big huge P, more PR boost for Sony Santa Monica yeah. is like more than one of the more wholesome Sony studios. Like 
what do we hear from Naughty Dog? Oh, they're crunching like crazy. Like, remember oh, gosh, all the yeah. bad stories we got out of Naughty Dog right before Last of Us 2 came out? The terrible you, stuff they had to go through. Yeah, so it's like they're gonna they're not gonna say no to good press. I'll say this, but it's still pretty very wholesome and makes it more interesting. And I don't know if you saw this tiny controversy that they're reusing the same job Kratos jumping into boat yeah. animation and all that. Which that's ridiculous, yes. guys. Come Everyone's, on, like everyone reuses. Like, watch freaking call. I played. A, I've been replaying a bunch of Call of Duty. I'll say that more when we go into our what we've been playing when we record that. It's like they reuse so many animations in that game. It's like you can't, in good faith, make that argument, like at all. Especially if something works. But then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, a bunch of like animations like that. They mocap those, so it would make right. sense that they wouldn't mocap and not a different both animation who cares even if they did it would be almost identical if they went through the entire process of re-recording a shoot of them jumping into the boat would it not be exactly the same Mm -hmm. um so like it's it wouldn't even make sense for them to use the resources you'd be better off making the game better in another area Mm -hmm. than wasting the time and money to do something like that so exactly it was it was just it was just a fanboy bait, basically, yeah. being like, oh, he's using all this. It's like, I'm kind of glad much... that everyone clowned on that person immediately. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I'm wishing for recovery, recovery for him. It also makes sense that, especially knowing Marvel, how Marvel's Avengers has worked, especially with how they've been expanding and working from home and all that, he was the voice of T'Challa in the War for Wakanda expansion. So, but they would need. Judge was? Yeah. Oh, shoot. He, he, awesome. do, he did a great Black Panther. I would like, think so. He yeah. has the range for that immensely. Which, by the way, uh, Marvel's Avengers available on Game Pass now. If you're an Xbox, if you want to experience the good parts of that game, um, so yeah, he wouldn't have done the need to do mocap for that if he was still recovering, especially with um, working from home and all the shenanigans. But who knows? Maybe by the time he went to record for Wakanda, he was already recovered. Who knows? Number seven, Paul. Final story. Uh, follow up to one of our news items from a few months ago. The reported remasters of the PS2 era Grand Theft Auto games received their H rating in South Korea. Why is this important, you ask? When a game gets rated by any country, that basically clicked confirms a product's existence. Before this, this was all reports that it was happening. It being rated, it means it's real. Like well, how we learned of the existence of Ghost of Tsushima director Scott earlier this year. It was rated by the SRB. Two days later, we saw confirmation of that game. So the interesting nugget here is that the rating also included information about a 2022 release date, which is different from the report that some versions would be released in 2021 with others to follow in 2022. So now we're getting, at least whenever it comes out, we're finally going to have an experience to, well, we're going to have the chance to re-experience Rockstar's early work now with modern stuff, whether it's either this year or in 2022. Also ironic, it's like, this also kind of makes sense because GTA 5 was delayed out of this year, remember? It was supposed right. to come out in November. Mm-hmm. All of this was going to come out kind of close together and it got punted. More delays. <laughs> I I wasn't expecting this to come out this year at all. Yeah. Um, so this doesn't surprise me in the slightest. The fact that it even exists is uh, nice to hear that it's confirmed because you don't do an age rating unless you're absolutely sure it's mm-hmm. actually happening. Exactly. Um, 
it is a little bit of a shame that we've reached to the point of understanding this injury well uh, injury industry well enough that when certain things like this happen we know about it well before reveals which makes it so much more powerful whenever we actually get surprised by something mm-hmm. um so that's nice where it's like whoa where did this come from this is all over the place um versus kind of knowing everything before it happens and a recent ex- a recent example Taiwan, Taiwan raided the Castlevania Advance Collection a week before its release. Did we talk about that though? Because I don't know if I heard about it. It's it, it happened in between. It happened in between. Huh. Well, um, yeah, I le- I'm glad I was surprised about that because I got to re- re- uh, react to that genuinely on mm-hmm. our video, which you can check out. Yes, uh, <laughs> you can definitely check out our reaction. See there. my reaction to it. Um, especially finding out when you, what did they say? It was like later today or something. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and it was there. I was like, where's my switch? Yeah. And but it was like on PlayStation was, also and on Xbox. Yeah, as soon as I found that out, I, um, I actually just bought that, but that's an, our next video coming out. Mm-hmm. On Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and with that, we fulfill, uh, the big news for the last week, very meaty stuff. Was. Like in the recap, uh, I, I mentioned last week that I wanted to follow up with some of the things that are coming out, notable things coming out this week. This week, tomorrow, Paul, from when we record this, Alan Wake Remastered is coming. Yeah. Also, also this week, Far Cry, uh, Far Cry Six, is upon us. Forgot about that. <laughs> yes, and Metroid Dread. Yes, with the, on with the, the Nintendo. Yeah, and with, with the Nintendo. The new Nintendo Switch. Are you going to play any of those three? I will um, not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, might, I might get uh, Alan Wake because it's 30 bucks. So it's cheaper. So I wasn't huge on Alan Wake. And I know it's like really big. Um, I never fully played it. I, I know. Never saw, I, I, I need to play that. So. I, I kind of want to, but I have so many other things that I want to play more than that, that I might let it go. Um, as far as Far Cry 6, just like you said, I'll probably wait till the, the Christmas sale, sale mm-hmm. Black Friday, whatever that's going to be. And then um, I'm going to wait on Metroid Dread, possibly also till Christmas. Um, Remember, Nintendo games never go on sale, especially the ones know, that come out this year. So I might be able to get that one for free for... Uh, like a christmas gift so i I might wait on that one because Mm -hmm. that's the least likely to go on sale the leaving all the ones that are more likely on sale to be ones that i'll buy myself makes sense so that's that's Uh, what i'm going for metroid dread is uh wait for the reviews just to see if it's going to be an insta buy or uh i'll wait also for november december when there's nothing else that it looks solid though Mm -hmm. i if I uh, didn't have to worry about the amount of time I already spent playing video games, I'd probably get it as soon as I could. Oh, absolutely. And then Far Cry 6 is like, there. apparently there's going to be a review embargo that's going to lift on Wednesday, so I want to hear what their impressions are. Is it just more Far Cry? Based yep. on the previews, they had said it's more Far Cry, and I'm like, that sounds great at a sale for me. So, I've, I watched one person play like a... It was weird because like you could play certain parts of it and some people got sponsored by Ubisoft to like play Far Cry 6 and make a video about it. Mm-hmm. And what they were saying was actually pretty good. I watched one guy, his name's uh, Afro Senju XL. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's a very eccentric, hilariously hype uh, black man that loves to get excited about things. Um, it sounds like hip hop gamer. Yeah, he's basically. Like that. Um, he's a little bigger and he wears these big glasses, but he he played uh, Far Cry 6 for like the first 15 or 20 hours or something. Not 15, 20 minutes. No, it was like, yeah, Sorry. 15, 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Like the opening mission was embargoed but he could play the open world they said mm-hmm. so he played some of that and he was really loving what you could do with it like yeah. the abilities you had i watched the skill up preview uh he did and he played like i think it, they allowed him to play three hours he said it's more far cry he, he said and he loves far cry so if you're okay. if you love far cry and you want more far cry apparently the previous days is more far cry let's see if it if it's even more i haven't played one since 2018 i have i that's the last one I beat, Far Cry 5. Yeah. I bought New I Dawn. I didn't New Dawn at all. I bought New Dawn, played it for five minutes. I was like, I'll wait for it when I'm in the mood for this. So I still haven't played New Dawn. And yeah. apparently they're including the New Dawn thing of health with enemies. So, yay. I feel like that's got to be something you could turn off, though. Because a I lot hope. of games have that now. But then you can turn off the display for it just to get that better view. Yeah, Death but Luke, the things that you I couldn't... Th- no. No, you couldn't do that with Assassin's Creed. Because Assassin's Creed added health to enemies also, so... There was something that I played recently that you could turn it off, but I can't... Uh, It's, uh, whatchamacallit, Ghost Recon, Breakpoint. Well, it did. I'm talking, like, within the last month, I played something that had health bars that I could take off, and I I don't even... Yeah, definitely not Deathloop. Deathloop is insta-kills. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that I remember that now. But, yeah, in any case... um, I'm looking forward to it, but I am also really holding myself together as much as I can because this is actually the first year I've had some actual self-discipline here. Same. Um, I've caved so bad on so many games, uh, but this year, I mean, Resident Evil 8, Far Cry, Metroid Mm -hmm. Dread, um, several other games. I still haven't even bought Doom Eternal. Dang. And And that's been on sale many times. A good amount of games, but the problem is they all go on sale at once so i i can only justify like one or two of them maybe and then the rest i have to like leave until the next time yeah like recently i just got outriders on ps5 because i played that on game pass but that version was kind of borked and i wanted to play like in a more better machine and it was 35 bucks right now so i got to buy that Uh, Sackboy was 31 dollars. i was like i'll wait I have other things to pay. <laughs> exactly. It's so. if they didn't put all of the good games on sale all at once, I would probably buy them more. But then here's it's the, like great games and then all trash. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Like something that I've learned, especially with PSN sales, if a game has hit a sale in one of them and you don't buy them, don't worry. It's very likely a sale or two from now is going to be back at that price. Our writers yeah. was that like two sales ago. And this one, I was like, you know what? It's time. I saw it hasn't gone down from that price. Boom. I'm going to get it. Yeah. And uh, with that, that concludes uh, what's coming out this week. And with now, we are, for the people that are watching the full thing or listening to the whole thing, we are transitioning over to what what, what have we been playing? What's up, you hilarious haymakers? This is your good friend, Paul, and my co-host... Alejandro. Hey, everybody. We are here to talk to you about what we've been playing today, plus a little topic that I have for later. But until we get into the meat of everything, Alejandro, we've had a very interesting week, haven't we? Yes, I mean, uh, Soros and Smash. 
yes, to jump right into that, we uh, we have a news thing that has already gone live, but of course, the gods and luck of video game industries don't like us. So they like to post things right after we do that. But yes, the great, amazing Sora is in Smash today. I am so excited about this. I had forgotten, despite them mentioning it a lot, and we mentioned it, that there was a direct on the 5th. And I yes. woke up to a bunch of texts and I was like, oh my God, I forgot. And then I logged in and saw that Kingdom Hearts was trending. I was like, no way. <laughs> and then I looked and then I had to look up the video. It's hype. I I honestly didn't think it could have happened in my wildest dreams. I was just convinced that I was going to sit back and see. It might be something very mid way along the road and just nothing that's crazy but nothing that i wouldn't expect or it's something way out of left field that i'd never recognize but if i had to guess it was going to be sora as my main pick it was dante but then he became a me costume so that wasn't going to happen um, and I, I love how he did it in the inverse sakurai that he went with the make me fighters and show like yeah. People wanted the Doom Slayer. What were the other two? I don't even remember. Um, it was Doom Slayer and two Splatoon characters. Yes, it's like Cat and uh, one of the Squid kids. Yeah, so it was like let's get it out of the way there, and then let the final reveal, and then you see Mario throwing a thing, and it's the key, and then uh, Sora coming out like sleeping yep. in, in classic Kingdom Hearts style, and then the song, the freaking song starts. The song like, hits so hard. Yes. Um, I, it was interesting that they were showing his Kingdom Hearts 1 attire, and I was very happily surprised that all of his alternate out, uh, outfits are from the other Kingdom Hearts games. Because they could have gone really cheap and been like, here's Kingdom Hearts 1 Sora, and all of his outfits are palette swaps of different Kingdom Hearts characters. Mm -hmm. They could have done that. A lot of people would have been okay with it. I would have been a little disappointed, but okay with it. But the fact that they rendered out four different... Uh, outfits because each one is pretty different in its mm -hmm. own way not yeah, just colors slightly, yeah slightly different um, in some design well like they would have had to sculpt different um game models even though his face and hair is the same but like it's it's more work so i'm very happy that they did that also yeah. f disney like there's not yeah. a single <laughs> disney thing at all in this presentation like no disney world they put the hollow bastion the songs are all exclusively Kingdom Hearts, not like any of the recompositions that they did for like the different worlds that you go into. So I can imagine this was a horrifically hard licensing nightmare to get him going, but... They've probably been trying throughout the entire process of DLC with Smash to get him in. And, he was always um, number one. If you hadn't saw yeah. like a bunch of polls, he was always at the top. Well, I mean, yeah, but um, so like they knew, but just from my own knowledge of how little Disney likes to play or pay mm -hmm. the people that deal with them, I am genuinely surprised, but it is such a happy one, as Palpatine said it best. Yes. <laughs> I am not the biggest Smash player. In fact, I always took um, joy at the calamity that was every character reveal and seeing everyone not get what they wanted. I mean, legendarily, the Byleth reveal is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, yeah. But 
Just Which is because weird because Violet play, plays very fun, honestly. Yeah, but it, but, I, I love it. but when you went from the from Joker to Hero to Banjo, like yeah. all these weird ones to end on the Fire Emblem character, that was so hilarious. And then yeah. obviously they gave us Pack Tooth, which I don't even remember who else was there. I think it's Minecraft Steve, um, Terry, Terry. No, Terry wasn't the first one. Um, oh, um, the the Ephiroth, Tech, uh, Tekken guy, the Tekken Ezra guy, and Pyra. Uh, the uh what's the arms character the min min yeah then there was there was also the uh xenoblade chronicles 2 character mithra and pyra yeah so it was like a mix of like oh this is nintendo stuff okay that's an interesting crossover obviously there was people that wanted the pie in the sky like mass where's master chief where's uh the doom guy obviously good doom guy is a me now and master chief i always thought it was never gonna happen because the microsoft characters were already there Minecraft and Banjo, so, mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, it's pie in the sky. But I'm glad that Sora was like the very last one because I know there's snarky corners in the internet, but it didn't seem like the internet was on fire with horrible discourse over this one. Everyone it's seemed pretty happy, pretty positive. I mean, justifiably so. If he's going to be by such a large margin the top requested character, then he's the one character they could do that's going to have the least backlash as well. Oh yes. Um, and the rest is going to be, ah, uh, oh well, but at least it's something cool. Yeah. Um, even people that don't really play Smash were like, oh, okay, good for them. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Will this get me to play Smash again? Hell no. I don't, I hate that game. I absolutely hate that game if I'm not playing with people. So not, no way I'm playing. So, But you that's are fair. playing, right? Um, I, I haven't touched it in at least like a year. Um, Two years from I, I haven't had any reason to break it out, I don't think, because the last time I played it was actually at my um, bachelor party before <laughs> I got married. And, and then that, maybe like one other time by myself. And, and just it. think about that. We're in the year of the quarantine. We're the year of the pandemic where rarely people come over to play. That's when, yep. when I would play Smash, when we were in a lot. I had no reason to play that game because no one would come over. So... Yeah, this is not gonna change, but I'm happy for the people that wanted Sora. Same. Um, but in any case with that, I'm gonna be excited to play that and next week. For our, or a week what and we're half. playing is whenever the eighteenth is, that's gonna be one of the things that I'm playing, that's for sure. Today's the fifth, so in not a week it's gonna be the twelfth. It's gonna be two weeks, uh, it's gonna be before the episode from October nineteenth. So I think that's gonna be that you're gonna have the time. To well, at least dabble. The worst bucks. thing is I'm probably not going to have more than like, oh, it was good. <laughs> to <Who> say cares? <laughs> it. It's going to be like, yeah, it was all right. And then I'm never going to touch it again. It's kind of sad that um, it came after I finally got burnt out on Smash Bros. But I never had the time to case, get burnt out. I just never liked it. <laughs> that's yeah. honestly, you probably avoided a, a bit of a dumpster fire in some of those cases. But in any case, we got some other things to talk about, Alejandro. What? Dare I ask, have you been playing? Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Uh, thankfully, not much of the same stuff that I talked about last week because I kind of want to be like, yeah, I'm going to dabble. I got into the Halo Infinite flight that they did, both on Xbox and PC. By the way, thanks, PJ, for giving me his friend code for to play on PC because that's the only way to get into PC. Either you draw the luck of the draw if you sign up and they may send your code, or if someone that got send that code they also get an invite be like okay if you got it but your friend didn't get in give him this code so he can play 
I was going to ask, like, how that actually happened, because I I watched the skill up video on it. I watched a couple other people um, and it kind of made me want to check it out. But then I realized that you said something about that code. So how there's like a process you sign up to get a code for it. So for Xbox, how it worked is that if you download in the store, the insider app, then you basically sign up to be an Xbox insider to test a bunch of stuff like betas and all that. And Halo Infinite is there. Uh, easy PC. That's how I got in. It's only 15 gigs. You can play on Xbox, but on PC, you have to like fill up a bunch. You have to fill up a form. You have to put in your PC specs that you send them over, like through the really? command key. And then you hope that they eventually think that your PC is worthy of testing and then they'll send you the code. So it's a seems really weird. Yeah. Very, 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 very interesting process there. But, um, Thankfully, PJ was one of those that did that very early and he got an invite to play. So then when I learned about the process of potentially um, finding a loophole to get in, that's why I texted him in our chat to be like, hey, can you send me the friend code just in case? Then he sent it to me and I got to play a little bit of it. And my opinions on the Halo Infinite flight depends on where you're playing. If you're playing on a base Xbox One, like not a series Xbox One, it's fun. It's like, it works. Surprisingly, for a console that's like basically almost 10 years old at this point, if you're in base console, like graphically it doesn't look too bad, especially considering how Infinite was basically delayed after how memed it was, how it looked. Rest in peace, Craig the Craig, Craig, Craig the, the Brute. brute. Um, and it's a game that returns to the Halo 3 philosophy of the madness of the multiplayer happens with how you toy with the sandbox how you mess up with the physics and the weird things that can happen because of the way that you mess up with the physics. Halo 4 and 5 were fun, but they didn't feel Halo-like in its multiplayer. 4 felt more like trying to pursue the Call of Duty ghosts of having pretty prepared loadouts. The physics were not that wonky. It was too clean of a game because it wanted to be too pretty. And Halo 4 kind of missed that stickiness because people like playing Halo because when you have a very creative sandbox in a game, that's what keeps your game alive because you're always going to have the people that are going to be more like creative and oh what can i do now like i've seen some crazy videos of people like putting like the shield and grabbing a car and pushing the shield on and jumping of the shield and shooting someone it's like it's creativity it's basically what you would see sometimes in fortnite but without a building tool that's kind of where that fun came from and then five wanted to be more of an esport especially adding like boosting and all of that, but it made the game super sweaty. So there was never a way that you could play Halo 5 in a more chill social way like previous Halos. So that's why it didn't, people were like, yeah, this is a fun multiplayer shooter, but it's not a fun Halo multiplayer. This one feels like 343 finally found a way to hit on that sensibility from Halo 3. Basically everyone always says Halo 3 is the peak of Halo multiplayer. There are some people that say it's two, is the other one because it has a different kind of more condensed sandbox but it feels more like a spiritual successor to the bungee ones than anything 343 did while keeping it modern like adding sprint and having a little bit of an sort of ads but not really and some of the videos you can find online of people toying around with infinite is really crazy especially what, what can happen with the grappling hook that they added i've However, seen a couple clips of that yes it's wild yeah it's it's wild i'm like oh man this would be fun if you can have people that get creative and play like this in big team battle, which was what they enabled this last weekend. 
I would say again that, but if you're playing on Xbox and as a con, if you see this game, you're like, why does this game took out almost six years from the previous game? It looks slightly worse. It runs worse on console is stuck at 30 frames, which that's how Halo used to be. But after the entire collection plays at 60 frames and even Halo 5, like 60 frames has been like the blame, the baseline thing for Halo. It's like for a while going back to that is like, hmm. But I understand why they did it because they they got screamed by the bad visuals that the only way that you can push visuals if is if the common the lowest denominator is not pushing frame rate. So they did that for the advantage of how the game is gonna look much better on PC and on Xbox Series X and S. So so far and with the multiplayer, I'm like I think whatever happens this on December eighth when this launches. At least the multiplayer is going to be a win because it's a lot of fun. As for the campaign, I'm like, you still haven't shown much other than the original reveal. It's like crazy how hidden they, they're keeping it. And that's the one thing that keeps me from being like, I've been wanting Halo to be like a bona fide game of the year contender again. Like when a Halo came out, it was a Halo came out. That was like, it's like a Mario game coming out, a Zelda game coming out. Yeah. It was always playing in those big leagues. And Halo 5 was the first time that series was like, just kind of came and went. It didn't hit. Also because it had a campaign that historically was pretty bad compared to everything that came out later. And with such a long dev cycle, usually Halo games took like two to three years to make. This one took six. Usually are like, oh, so you're taking the extra time to really reimagine this thing. And so far it looks like the reimagining is going back to how it was. So... I don't know if Halo will be as a complete package again, have the same strength unless the campaign blows blows away. But at least the multiplayer is like, okay, it's back to what people say they want about Halo. I hope all these people that are stuck in Warzone or stuck playing all this free to play stuff, at least give it a shot, especially being free to play. You can play Halo Infinite free to play when it comes out, even without Game Pass. So hoping for that. But on PC, my God, the PC version is like, okay, I get it now. Do you have to play this game like at its fastest performance? Because that's when the sandbox shines. When you have like, you don't feel you're fighting the game against performance issues like it is on Xbox that it's barely 30 frames sometimes, even though it feels tight. It's like, so just watch the clips. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all other, right. Yeah. And other, and other quick stuff that I tried being on games since I was already playing on Xbox when I played Halo. I was like, yeah, let me see what's there on. I want to download a bunch of Game Pass stuff. So I downloaded Sable, The Ascent, Scarlet Nexus, Destroy All Humans, and Code Vein. And I'll say that um, I deleted Sable and The Ascent and Code Vein very fast. Really? Not because they were bad games, but it's because the base Xbox One doesn't make those games justice anymore. You'll see if you ever try It's like the frame rate in the Sable, for example, it has a really cool art style, but it's atrocious. You would like yeah. chug, like if you're like buffering sometimes. I'm like, I'm not even streaming. Why is this buffering? No, delete. The Ascent is like, oh, this looks like Cyberpunk. Ooh, that looks very yeah. ugly. No, delete. And Code Bane, same. I gave it a delete. Destroyal Humans worked fine. Like for what it is, like, this is a fun, cathartic, let's kill everyone thing. Yeah. And Scarlet Nexus was decent. But again, this is the caveat. I'm playing on basically what's ostensibly the worst possible console to play it. So this also finally is starting to push me into, yeah, maybe if I really want to get Game Pass to feel 
like something worthy for me, especially like the value is always there. But the value doesn't shine when the games don't work like they should. So now this is kind of like finally starting nudging me to like, kind of like if you're holding onto your iPhone, I held up into my iPhone 6 for like God knows how long. It's like how you hold on into something until it's like at the breaking point. That's how it feels now with my Xbox One. Good thing, things like exclusives that came out before, like the Halo Master Chief Collection, Gears of War and all of that, and the backwards compatibility, all of that works well. So my Xbox at least has some use in there. But now if I want to keep trying more of the Game Pass stuff, because they keep adding stuff. I mean, they added Avengers. That are freaking Avengers. I'm happy for the people that have Series X or S that they can try Avengers. Because I can't imagine playing that game on Xbox One. Uh, like I, I was almost gonna tell, hey, you could f- finish the campaign there, but I was like, nah, it would be atrocious if he tries to play it. It's like that game barely held together on PS4. I can't imagine on Xbox. It's and on PC though, right? I think if you if you could try it on PC, I would recommend it because I think you have a really good PC, kind of like I do. I so. do, yeah. And then another thing that I played, I'll leave it later because you also played it. What have you been playing, Paul? I have been playing um a few things from last week that are carried over of course i went back to destiny 2 um one thing to mention on that is um enjoying the idea of building a uh, making a build that can just break the game um recently i watched i think it was uh, a cactus hd um he had a solar mod uh that just came on for like rank 15 of season of the lost Uh um it's bountiful something but anyway it uh what it does is for the elemental wells as you know it spawns uh a second one for every mod you have that adds an elemental well so basically whenever you do a certain kill with a certain solar explosive energy it spawns one well now it spawns multiple and you can get up to four if you can uh, play it right which means that you are running around throwing a grenade immediately getting your grenade back and then you just keep it rolling it just fire and pandemonium <laughs> between that and whatever ability i had from the exotic that i had which was um it's the really big bulbous pieces that give you um bonuses for fusion grenades and i can't mm-hmm. remember the name of it but it's like red and white um all of that together was just destroying this thing center tree solar uh, ability throwing the uh the, the hammer. hammer to just one shot most bosses uh, not bosses but like major enemies i was uh i was crushing people and it felt amazing so I had to grind really hard to get to that because it was only at around rank six mm-hmm. and I had to get to rank 15. Um, so that was a lot of uh, struggling and chaos and horrible uh... chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I, I burned through all of that and uh, now I am on top of the world feeling great about the uh, all of that not so great about the resource i had to spend to switch the affinity for my armor pieces to solar to do it did not realize that part but um i i did what i had to it's an (laughs) mmo called resource gathering is mmo 101 well it's everything was fine except for the like two pieces that i had masterworked so i had to use an ascended shard to switch them over those hurt but i uh really glad i had the battle pass so i got a couple of them through that and now that i have it i'm gonna try not to use them very much anymore have you gotten the air scepter the exotic yes. the, 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 that thing 
crushes so many enemies and um you can actually use it with the build that i have because if you freeze enemies it, uh, it counts as an explosion um mm. if they shatter so that can also have a chance to spawn the elemental wells that fuel my fire and did you get the exotic have you gotten the chance to get the exotic or not yet which exotic the exotic the i mean the exotic catalyst oh or, yeah okay. um i'm working on building that up but i haven't gotten it quite yet yeah, that was um, the last thing I did in Destiny 2. I haven't played Destiny 2 in two weeks, but continue. Yeah, uh, it's actually funny because I know you and me were watching our little clan chat, and one of them said he had to go through the Ascendant um, like 30 times. process like 20 or 30 times, and I got it on my second just like you. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really funny that I was just doing it to get like a challenge or something, and it's I like, went, oh, yeah. It's like that, RNGs is new that we needed other games to play, so they were not going to waste their time, so like, they gave it to us. Yeah. And then the people that just know life that game, they were going, nah, you're going to have to play this 20. 30 times <laughs> i i'm still convinced that destiny has some kind of hidden metric that the less you play the game the better roles you get mm -hmm. um because you saw it when i came back to the game i got all these crazy god roles yeah. um and now that i went away from it and it came back and i got a bunch of good things from the, the span of time that i was away yeah there's so there, there's I, uh, something to that yeah there's, there's something I'm, going on in yeah there. that's why i'm staying away because i want to feel that kind of reward also so. really though so that was the first one um second was of course going back to spider-man remastered i love that game so much it's more and more like comfort food especially based on some of the other games that i've tried recently mm -hmm. um it, it just feels so good it's so polished um i love the outfits on it i love watching the story play out um I mean, of course, it has its pacing issues still, and I'm kind of in the middle of that slump where we're getting introduced to the demons and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and they're no, kind of back early. and forth. Dang, oh, yeah. Early. I, I honestly, I haven't touched it. I've been going around doing a lot of side things um, just because I love the combat so much. And they seem to be spawning the crimes a lot more lately. Yeah. Like, they I am trying to go to places, and the crimes just keep happening left and right of me. And, that uh, was a big complaint for the people that wanted to platinum on that game that this the crime spawns were not fast enough and so made did the they change it then? Yeah, they I think they tuned into for them to quit to pop up pop up quicker. So yeah. that would make sense because as soon as I unlocked the sable area, of course that like uh because they just showed up from the last story <laughs> mission I did, and of course like 30 crimes showed up right after that that i just kept going from one finish that i would start swinging and immediately another crime would start and i'd go off and take care of that yeah. um <laughs> but it's just it's fun that's all i'm gonna say with that one and of course before uh and after spider-man destiny i was playing death stranding director's cut still on episode six now mm -hmm. um I, yeah i have the spot where i have to go to hartman and um, I'm not going there quite yet because I built up a lot of zip lines. I realized one thing that um, started to frustrate me was that the bandwidth, like you don't really get to choose what takes up bandwidth and you have to go over to things to disassemble them personally if you get to that maximum mm -hmm. amount of items in your world. And uh, it's starting to sabotage my ability to like put zip lines up and things, <laughs> uh, which really sucks actually, uh, because now I have to either go disassemble things or just keep 
doing more missions without my own uh, traversal methods until I have enough to do that. So it's it's just feels so grindy at times and I'm trying to not let it frustrate me. But um, I was looking at it earlier today and then I went, man, I don't know if I want to go back to play this right now. So I might um, give it a, a minute to breathe and then go back to it in a, a day or two. There's um, barely anything coming out of Note for you. So think about that so that you can not burn I, through your uh, games. Yeah, I might uh, have to do that. But the uh, the one thing that I got that I want to probably talk about second most is the Castlevania Advance Collection. So I picked that up. Um, 20 bucks. Right? Yeah, three or four days ago is 20 bucks. Um, four games in the collection, which I forgot about that. I thought there were only three at the time mm -hmm. because um, there's something about Dracula X was like re-released already technically, mm -hmm. but um it is immensely fun. The The first one that I'm playing, Circle of the Moon, was the first in the line and the picture on the front of it and everything. I never played that, never really heard anything about it. Um, I only knew there was a YouTuber called Nathan Graves in like the mid-2000s, and I had no idea that that uh -huh. was the connection to the main character of this game. Um, it feels really good what they did to this thing, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the idea of these collections on classic games what they did i don't know if you know about like the quality of life besides the brief uh stuff that we not really i've been session. i've been just waiting to try to get it because i love metroidvania style games and castlevania is like the birth of that so basically um half of the name even mm -hmm. i um what they did fantastic decision was you have your game you have, of course, your three mods uh, modes of playing it, which is the one with the black bars and kind of original resolution. You have your pixel perfect, which I believe is like upping the frame rate and solidifying smaller pixels, I think. Mm -hmm. And then there's the full screen, which I didn't bother with the full screen. It just stretches it, makes it look nasty. But what I love they added, if you hit L2, it pulls up mm -hmm. an entirely different menu, almost like the shift tab on PC or something. Uh -huh. And you get to not only save and load wherever you want in the game, uh, you get to rewind time by holding the R2 and hitting back. So if you get hit by something dumb or you're struggling with something specific, you can just rewind time per Prince of Persia style to the moment before and then you can matrix dodge whatever it is jump out of the way bullet hell style um and that single thing has been amazing for my experience with this game because it no longer is punishing me for being stupid <laughs> but <laughs> it's sucking. giving me yeah it's they understand that the people that are going to be playing this are either people that really know the game and don't need it uh, the mechanic that is, or it's people that just really want to experience a Castlevania for the first time or a first time in a while, but they might not have the skill needed still to do something like that. So they give you this ability to rewind time. Specifically, there's one spot at the start of the game. You're at a certain point in the castle and you get the floor blown out from under and you drop down this extremely long <laughs> uh, thing, uh, tunnel that is actually in the map which takes a solid like 10 seconds for you to fall. And then there's an area underneath that you have to eventually climb your way back up through the castle. I was an idiot 
and I'm running through the area, not thinking, realize I come back to the place that I had initially fallen down and I just go straight off the edge and start falling. If this had been the initial game, I probably would have quit out of the game just about instantly because I fell for like 10 solid seconds and there's no way to fast travel back up or get back to where you are without just going through the area again and climbing your way back up and getting to where you were. But with this ability to rewind time, I was able to just kind of get back up there and avoid that uh, hole in the floor that I fell through. <laughs> um, I will say that it can easily be abused. There's no penalty for doing it. Um, it's very easy to like no hit bosses because every time you get hit, you just rewind time to the second before you get hit and just keep going. Um, so I've tried to adopt the, I'm only going to rewind time when I get hit by doing something stupid or if I'm like about to die and I really don't want to lose progress or something. So I'll um, rewind time at certain points and just take the hits at some others. Um, one thing that I love that each of these Game Boy Advance games did is they started adding things onto the initial Castlevania model mm -hmm. where the initial collection, if you remember, uh, was like Castlevania one through four, I think, but four is just a remake of the first one anyway. <laughs> and they kind yeah, of- The ones from the NES, right? Like the old yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they didn't really do too much different outside of what was already done. Then of course you had your Rondo of Blood and Sympathy of Night. Those, that was a totally different thing. They did a lot different, but for this specific instance, um, I haven't played the other three, but as for this one, it has its own magic system, which it's like you unlock a card uh, and there's like one stack of cards and then there's another stack of cards on top of that. What you do is you get to pick one and then you pick one other. And each of those things does something different when you power up, which is your L1 button. It can be anything from like a fire whip and uh, like, if you leave one up, it's fire, vines, other elements for that certain thing. If you pick the bottom stack, it is something completely different and the combinations are what you choose to make it powerful. So like I had one that boosted my damage, one that boosted my luck, and I know I'm not explaining it the best way, but it was really interesting to mess around with, it's kind of similar to like what Bloodstain did. Now. All that is to say, I am enjoying this and I will continue to talk about the specific game that I am playing at the time, but we have something else that we have to talk about, Alejandro. Oh yeah, we do. What's been the greatest meme of all time this year, Paul, that I keep always mentioning to you? It's our group chat header. I always make fun of it <laughs> as a way Chaos. to torture you. Yes. <laughs> it is um, The Strangers of Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin. The demo. A demo that actually worked on day one, uh, released last, was it Friday? It was the, literally released after they announced that that game is coming on March 18, 2022. So another game in that three month hell of releases. I feel bad for anybody that's going to be trying uh, the game during that time because there's so many other games that are coming out during it. But uh, the reason I want to talk about it, Alejandro, is because we had some very different experiences with this game. Personally, readers, listeners, watchers, don't listen to what this man says. 
don't play Strangers in Paradise, please. Don't no, play absolutely play it. Because <laughs> don't I'm gonna, play it. I'm going to start it because I'm going to be the first it. one to say that. I cannot right, believe fine. how much I love playing the demo. Obviously, it also started, I, I came predisposed because there was this awesome clip from someone that played the demo earlier that had like the most Japanese as dialogue possible that you can imagine about like all these nomenclatures and all of that. And the main character responding just bullshit and then grabbing his phone and uh, and turning on a lip a, a limp biscuit, biscuit song and just walking out i could not believe because that really told me that that game was in on the joke they know they're edgy they know they're being mean and they're just embracing it it wasn't just a bad trailer from e3 that i love so much that i have seen many many times just for a pick me up they're just embracing it and at a certain point if you're down for that I think you're also in on the joke and you just embrace it and it kind of clicks. I will say though, I played this demo at its lowest difficulty, casual plus story, because I've said many times that I'm not good at Souls-like games, like, especially the older I get, I feel like my dexterity just gets worse and worse. The only Souls-like game that I have been able to beat at its core difficulty has been Bloodborne and Jedi Fallen Order, but Jedi Fallen Order also has a bunch of stuff that kind of helps you in yeah. its in its difficulty. So by playing it on casual and story, it felt like I was embracing the fact that you're just a murder machine trying to go through this thing and you wanted to kill chaos and then and nothing stands in your way. And it felt like the kind of power fantasy that felt so satisfying. And also it has a loot game and me that I am also so into loot. There's so much loot here. I spend so much time in my menu, just changing, seeing my stat bills, like emphasizing strength. And, when you press triangle, you can change to a different, um, to, to, to like a different uh, weapon. And even it even changes your suit, your, your suit like on command. And I, I was I was specifying like a melee build and also a magic build. And it was so interesting seeing how they worked magic, the kind of magic that you're used to in like Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, like the Fyra, like Kuraga, like all of that. And figuring out some of like the strategies, I'm gonna, switch to this because there's the stupid ball fire fire faces that are like shooting at you oh i'm gonna switch to that i have water let me shoot that boom insta kill it's like it felt like I, I had so much fun just testing that out but i had to throw that caveat that i did it at the easiest difficulty i have no perspective of what's higher but yeah i just really dug it however alejandro you're wrong and you're canceled yeah. you're you're just you're done in this business man because you can't enjoy something genuinely and tell people that you enjoyed it you have to hate it like all of us normal people because you know what this game is trash i'd said it from the beginning alejandro tried to convince me with his positive experience but don't listen to him this game looks horrible. It yes, plays it horrible. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, let me um, let me let you finish. If there was anything else that you had to uh, talk about first, though, and I also find it interesting that I appreciate that they leave um, surveys for you to fill up because it does seem that they took some um, feedback, especially visually, from the first demo that was very uh, black and gray. I went to see videos how it looked. They literally added so much color everywhere. Like it was Justice League, Just Whedon version that, that that I just find funny. It feels like they're eager to hear from people what they like and they don't like from this. 
like there was a survey in the first demo that came in corrupted back at E3 that then they removed. Then they came in with another survey here and very granular you can get like what difficulty do you use what weapon do you use how do you like doing this weapon using this weapon how do you feel about the hitbox how do you feel all these different things so it feels like they're tuning this thing all the way till the end like from what, what people are experiencing where is this resource though like where were they asking for these surveys if you press square at the menu there's a survey at the top oh, and I when you finish and then when you finish that the two sections that they give in a demo, which by the way, the second section is a very colorful ode to Final Fantasy 13. It feels like you're in one of the worlds from Final Fantasy 13. Obviously with- That's not including the little tutorial field? Yeah, the, the tutorial field, that there's a tutorial field, there's the chaos shrine, which is where you got stuck. And yeah. then there's another level. That's oh, when that, okay. that, that's when, when I went to that world, that's when everything really clicked for me. It had different monsters. It had different, uh, they, like different, the level design was a little bit more dynamic. Uh, you had to like manipulate time and all that. I was like, there, I'm starting to notice a little Jeez. bit more of the Final Fantasy in this. And that's why I kept telling you, play it on casual. So you don't have to suffer through the BS that this man had to suffer by playing on the normal difficulty. Paul, take it away. All right, I'm going to take it away right now because um, I'm going to start notes. off from the, the menus and I'm going to go in from there. Um, one... Like I told you, this game looks terrible. It looks like a shovelware PS3 game. Uh, it's got the screen tearing, the weird vibration around the, frame rate's the bad. faces. <laughs> the frame rate is terrible. The dude looks desaturated next to a field of amber waves of grain. How do you desaturate the person when everything else is supposed to look clear and colorful around him? Um, so anyway, um, so, let me just pull this up so I don't start talking out of my butt here. Yeah, he has uh, copious the menus, notes, you know that he hated it. <laughs> the menus are like from Ace Combat, which don't match at all with any of what I'm looking at. Um, once you're in the game, the menus at least somewhat match. Like, they kind of are off to the side. Um, I don't like how you have to hit pause and then hit the touch screen to pause. Or... You hit the options button to pull up the menu and then you have to pause within that um, because I was trying to do stuff like to figure things out on the fly. And of course, if you pause it, you can't actually change anything. It just pauses mm -hmm. and freezes everything. So in order to change things, you have to do it while the game's playing, which I understand. You're it's like, a it's a game. Souls game. So it's also a you're supposed game. to... It is. It's a multiplayer game. Yeah, you can what, have. Do a... they like play your but play as your buddies or something? Yeah, is that apparently what I haven't tried it, but that's why that's that's there because you can have people join you in. Gosh. Um. All right. So that means it's a three-player PVE game for the most part. Mm -hmm. I would have to go back and see it and try that out because that's very interesting. Um. All right. So the the menus to like pick the missions just they feel weird they have this strange idea going on I already it's like metal about gear how solid looks. five almost it's like it has the, missions and side missions yeah it's it's weird like how you set it up like that um it, the personalities of the main three characters are like vending machines and you punch them and they spout out some kind of marvel-esque snippy dialogue that. quote and that's all their personality is um I, I swear I've met the pink-haired guy before in my own life, but it was uh, a woman. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't know what his whole thing is. The the big black dude is the character from Guilty Gear Strive, and um, it just they had no feel to him at least final fantasy 15 they felt like they had something they belong in the world this was um, straight up kingdom hearts almost they <laughs> don't feel right in the slightest it, they almost feel like they know what they're doing or like they've played this game before and they're going back to play it on a harder difficulty but they're just like hey guys we just got off uh our college classes we're just gonna go hang out and shoot the breeze and kill some monsters bros let's spout some weird dialogue um it's just i so yeah i i didn't like them anyway the game mechanics are not explained well um i could not understand for the life of me how they wanted me to do this whole like hold circle to absorb the spell and shoot it back but then it's in the awesome tutorial it's awesome it didn't even work yeah. Because the rock throw would happen and he would do the animation and nothing would get like the enemy. Oh, it, get it, mine got it. My mind worked. He just he would throw the rock and nothing would happen. And I was like, I don't get it. And then um, yeah, when you're fighting the, the balls of fire, if you do hold circle and it throws you, then that's how you got fire to be like an instant thing that you press square and you shoot them back with it. Well, the thing with that is that normally in um, which I think this is what it did was uh they are strengthened by fire so if you throw the fireball back at them it defeats the purpose of being able to counter a move because the move you're countering with just makes the enemy stronger so it's kind of weird that i thought that they but makes their stagger quicker so you can just go press circle and do the that's true that's i'm gonna talk about the stagger mechanic in a minute but the the idea that they want you to do this whole thing to absorb the damage and go after that on the default uh, action mm -hmm. difficulty that I picked, you take so much damage that it is literally not worth it to tank those hits. Because if you tank the hit, yeah, it kind of mitigates some of the damage, but you are getting hit by so many other things at the same time, and you can only absorb one attack at a, at a time. So if you take two attacks at the same time and you absorb it, it will absorb one, and you take the full damage from the second. So I was getting melted by these fireballs <laughs> because I'm like, okay, well, let me use the mechanic that they gave me. Absorb, fireball, I'm dead. <laughs> and... Um, because I'm still taking damage from the first one, I barely have time to like heal afterwards. And then you only have five heals in the first place. And thus you have to go back to the place that you were at. It's just There's many spawn like, points. Do you read? There are, but like, because for instance, the one that I had, uh, the spawn heal area was right behind these fireballs. And I eventually just ran through them, did that, and then came back and killed everyone. But I was having so much trouble because they really wanted me to get this mechanic but it, the animations are so slow that i was getting damaged by so many hits that it just didn't make it worth it to sit there it, you were better off just spamming the dash or the dodge button whatever it was uh, yeah hey um and you had to keep doing that and that was actually better i ended up using the same technique to basically beat everything i tried messing around with the daggers um they felt like they weren't really doing it for mm -hmm. me i tried the mage uh process which i thought was nice but the problem is when you do that your 
NPC characters are still playing the exact same way they normally do. Um, and you the enemies the pad left and right for them to go attack while you do your thing. Right. But for whatever reason, the enemies wouldn't care and they would still come after me. And so I would get attacked by like four wolves as my buddies are like, <laughs> and like doing their weird punches and kicks and barely missing and uh, not even having anything done. I do appreciate that they have their own health bars that they can heal themselves and I don't have to worry about them. Mm -hmm. Um, because that was entirely how I was trying to fight chaos through that whole process. <laughs> uh, because he would just keep aggroing me. So I'm going to skip over to the boss fight that I finally rage quit at. Mm -hmm. Chaos himself, uh, our good buddy Garland. I will say, positive, I love his armor. Um, it fits in uh, Final Fantasy. He looks awesome. Bright color with the golds, accents very well designed his cape was great as well um i like that when you break his sword in the midway point he has a completely different setup it was weird though that he fights different at first and then he just spawns an ice sword and then he fights exactly the same as he did mm -hmm. that was a little weird but um moving on from that uh his crap was so frustrating because um i could get his first half down pretty much easy because i would go block hit hit block hit hit block hit hit block hit hit and i would just keep doing that um to spam on him which i realized that this is where i guess the ai falls apart compared to like a souls game where they have moves that specifically stop you from being able to do some kind of mm -hmm. a route like that where he doesn't and he just you can Screw the heck out of him in that first wave but the second wave i could not touch him in some of the same ways or worse i would get very close and then he would kill me by doing something really stupid in the hitbox failing me um i just could not stand how um quick this guy would go through some of his things because i would get knocked down and you know how like a lot of souls games if you get knocked down you can cancel out of it by dodging mm -hmm. that's how you're supposed to avoid extra damage but if you get knocked down you are basically dead because this guy does so much damage um literally one of his fireballs does more than half of my health in mm -hmm. that middle uh difficulty and he will crush you especially with his little like oh i've got two fireballs boom boom if he just knocked you down you're dead it's like guaranteed but you can't do anything until he finishes his animation of throwing the fireballs at you because you can't dodge out of it that frustrated me so much because i'm like i'm hitting the dodge button get me out of here and um i couldn't do that so that was really frustrating anyway uh the palace music if you remember it goes bum but um bum but um bum but um <laughs> it is i i was wondering i was like why does this song sound very familiar i can't figure it out because it's the opening notes to it's not unusual by tom jones played uh -huh. on repeat for five seconds and i want you to go back and look at this because i was i was losing my mind because it was just like the same like five ten second loop of instrumentals and it was literally that same cadence. Of notes, it's basically so Kingdom Hearts that replaced the same thing over and over when you run levels also. It's yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> it's just the fact that it was like the instrumental opening to an actual song that was driving me nuts because 
I wanted the song to actually begin. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do some Carlton's. And then it just kept going over and over again. And that was driving me crazy. By the way, Last do you, thing, you fight the cactus? No. Oh my God. Is I, it, just, the, I played through that whole chaos shrine area and that was that was but the cactus was like early on so it's like this dude that the feels like straight out of another game it also had it almost has the looney tunes run and it's like did he have like the weird thing uh -huh. like this yes that's uh -huh. that's um the cactar he's uh -huh, in yes. all the final fantasies i know it's i just found it funny how they implemented the cactar in this well, final fantasy spin-off um because the one thing that's always the same is like the monster designs from like the fireball dudes i mean the wolves were different um goblins i don't think were the same but then like certain ones i guess were the same but like the cactar the fireballs and the tonberry which is the little cloaked turtle dude with the knife mm -hmm. are like in all the final fantasies for whatever reason so i don't know how i missed the cactar uh the last thing i want to mention to sum up the entire experience is that it is trying to be 2018's God of War with DMC and Gears of War mixed in. Mm -hmm. With the Because style. the whole process is, it even has the exact same look at the health bar and the stagger meter. Mm -hmm. But the problem is whenever I'm swinging my sword, you're doing such tiny damage. So I'm like spamming this thing. But the problem is your R2 move uses MP now it is uninterruptible but you also take damage during it so i'll die in the middle of doing my swings and it just it feels like it wants to be something but then i'm playing it on a way harder difficulty than it needs to be just like with god of war where everything was like a bullet sponge or mm -hmm. axe sponge for the most part and um i felt like i wasn't getting anywhere and i just had to like spam things and it just wasn't working for me at all and then it's trying to also be dmc with and gears with its whole like desaturated edginess and the vibe of it desaturated but with color plastered on top of it that's what's hilarious it's like yeah, yeah. it's like you uh it's like you colorized a black and white photo but then mm -hmm. you had to take the color away first to add it in. Mm -hmm. And it just, it felt like you were digitally adding color into a black and white game. Um, and it just, it didn't feel right. Uh, there's elements of it I did like, just like Chaos's uh, whole vibe going on there. Uh, I like that you could change the, your clothes on the fly, that you had like hot buttons that you could mm -hmm. switch things out and make that easier. Um, I feel like it could have a lot of versatility, but for somebody like me, who's really just not vibing with the looter side of things, yeah, you're, one you're exception gonna, to that. Because I was going to say, it feels like you barely were like putting your better gear. Because I, I was- I put the better gear on though. That's yeah. the crazy thing. But I couldn't understand what was better versus like a level 10 item or like a level eight item that was green or blue. And I was like, am I supposed to just put on the better color or should I stick yeah. with the, the no, level? Um, Unless because... the level is significantly higher in a different color, always do the, color, the better color. You can okay. always see the stats. It was always going up. Because I was doing like, I tried both and I was just getting thrashed by everything. And I wasn't understanding. Like I was, it's that level of, I'm clearly not playing the game the way they want me to, but they're not telling me how the right way yeah um and i just kept getting more and more confused and now i'm actually gonna go back and gonna put it at that difficulty just to see 
because none of the problems that you mentioned had any problem with that, like at all. Here it feels like you played a different game than the one that I did. That's Literally, what that's- blows my mind because you were telling me all this awesome stuff you were experiencing. And I'm like, that's not at all what I felt. So I, I really hope I get some validation from you on that. And you're like, okay, maybe the jump between story and action, which looked like it was easy, medium, hard, mm-hmm. like all games are. Um, but it, it very much felt like a different game. Um, so those are all of my real thoughts on it and um i i am no longer excited for this game next year mm-hmm. but i i hope i can be convinced otherwise yeah i'm frankly, in my in my um casual slash story difficulty that i play this shot up for my one of my most anticipated games of next year like early on is like i'm for the memes yeah. i wanted to because yeah. that scene looked hilarious i want to like I, i still want it for the memes like i was just shocked that i had so much fun with the combat in the difficulty that i played with that was like i'm feeling the itch for this so but now i'm gonna try the other difficulty just to see now if i also have a good time with that there's something wrong with you but i'll update you with that <laughs> true yes yeah, so. now i want to ask you alejandro Do you have a couple of minutes to talk about allegiances? Absolutely, all the time. Now, because everybody, I'm going to try to keep this one short for y'all. But my topic for the day is what is your story behind your game system allegiance slash preference? Because some of us, we like to dabble in just about everything, but we mm-hmm. like that one thing more than a lot of others. So first of all, Alejandro, I want you to tell me what that preference slash allegiance is and how you got there. So I've said it many times like in our show that I like dabbling in all three systems because I feel all of them have their strengths and minuses, but also being very open that I main on PlayStation. But it's my road to really maining on PlayStation. It's a really funny story. So like, let's flash back to the PS2, Xbox and GameCube era. Uh, that was the first generation I had all three and I was dabbling equally in all three until 2004 when my dad got an illness that we had to travel to the US so he could get treated. I took with me the PS2 because we had just gotten new games for it like Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I was so obsessed with that game plus a bunch of other stuff. And while we stuck so many months there in the US while he was getting treatment, Spider-Man 2 the game came out, Shrek 2 the game, all these other games from PS2 that my library just kept um, growing that then eventually that became like my most packed library. However, when the next generation came out, my dad surprise bought me a 360 with uh, Call of Duty 2. And for the period of 2005 to 2007, I was so up the 360's ass. I absolutely love that system. Call of Duty 2 like I was that was in the era I missed that era of Call of Duty because at, there was a time that where I felt there was no game that was cooler or felt better than Call of Duty at the time. And that those early years with the 360 with Years of War, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, uh, Oblivion that I didn't buy but I rented, BioShock, Halo 3, like even Mass Effect. Like it's like those early years of the 360 were so good. And the game I was most anticipated myself in the fall of 20, uh, 2007 was Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, just based on how much I loved the Infinity War Call of Duty. However, that year, my dad also surprised bought me a PS3 
when it was very expensive for everyone that remembers in that 2006, 2007 era, that system cost $600. In El Salvador, you want to know how much that thing cost? $2,249 for the 20 gigabyte, the GIMP version, not even the $60 version. And at a time I was like, I don't think I'm, I, I love the PS2. I enjoyed the library a lot and all that, but at that price, hell no, I'm not gonna buy that. But then my dad bought a PS3 because at that time I was also very wanting a Wii. If everyone remembers 2006, 2007, everyone wanted a Wii. Wii was the most sought after system at the time. It was like so scarce that everyone, if they saw, even if they own one, if they saw it in the store, they would buy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad failed to get me a Wii like three times. He went on business trips to be like, hopefully you get a Wii. He couldn't find it. Let's see if this time you can find it. No, he couldn't. And then the third time he saw a demo kiosk showing MotorStorm in HD and he played and he was blown away how it looked back then. That he was like, you know what? Screw the Wii, I'm buying you this at $600. And here's the catch. The 360 we bought here for 650. So 600 for him was like, this is cheaper than what I bought the 360 for like two years ago. Yeah, I'm buying this. I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And that first year on PS3 was rough for me. It was like the 360 had its best games while we were on PS3. I was playing Resistance, which it was good. It was a launch game, but Madden NFL 07, I wasn't a big Madden fan. I was like, eh, Spider-Man 3, atrocious. Pirates of the Caribbean, a world's end, atrocious. Transformers, the game, the movie, atrocious. Uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, atrocious. It's like, that was my library in the PS3 and the PS3 didn't have trophies at the time. It was like so gimped compared to like me testing what party chat could be with some friends, seeing Xbox Live, seeing like all its games getting achievements and all those games being actually really good. I was like, yeah, why would I want to play that on PS3? So we reached Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare release date. It was that fateful day. I'll never forget it. My dad was like, do you want to come to the bank with me? I was like, nah, I'm good because I had just plugged, managed to learn how to plug in my 360 to my dad's internet. He had the modem in his room back then. So, which is weird. Now the internet's like in the middle space, but back then he had it in his room yeah. and I couldn't play online in my, um, in my living room. So I was like, yeah, uh, he's not going to be in his room. I'm going to try Xbox Live. I wanted to try Halo 3 online because of course Halo 3 online, that's what everyone was talking about. I was like, yeah, I'll play this. Nah, I'll stay playing. Then he comes back. He buy he buys Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. I say, like, yeah, but on what system? PS3. I was silently screaming because I couldn't believe it. Because unlike him, like I had been reading IGN at that time. I had been reading the tea leaves, seeing how many PS3 versions were always scoring lower than 360 versions because they looked worse. They ran worse. And a month before, when my when my friends were like, what system do you recommend us buying? I was like, buy a 360. I kept telling them. And then when we all get 360s, we're all going to have Modern Warfare the way we can all play together. And I got that on PS3. I was like, very crestfallen because I was like, man, the, the game I was, I was most anticipating now, I got it in the war. Like, yeah, at, the, at the time, I thought I, I got the worst version because that was logic back then. Especially it makes me angrier that he bought the PS3 version because the store clerk told him, no, buy the PS3 version. The PS3 is more powerful. Bullshit it is. The PS3 was weaker than the 360. So, however, to my surprise, when I played it, that game ran beautifully. It looked great. It played great. 
I had not realized that Call of Duty 4 was the first game on both systems that was basically the same. And the only time that you would even see remotely any difference was in some texture here and there on the 360, if you were looking both of them next to each other, which when that happens, that's just nitpicky. That's why you know it was a good system. Then um, I was like, man, I was torn because I was like so in love with the 360 at the time. I even was like trying to figure out if there was a way that I could also get the 360 version of uh, Modern Warfare just to have there because I, because I just was not gaming on PS3 much at the time. But then I also realized that PS3 also has free Wi-Fi and free internet in the way the Xbox Live. And the, if anyone remembers the old, very noisy Xbox 360, it couldn't even do Wi-Fi. Like it barely could do that. You needed to get a third adapter. Yeah. So I could play Modern Warfare in my living room and online, something I wasn't doing. So that was like my first real big multiplayer, even though it wasn't a system that didn't have the online capabilities of the other one. So I was so, I, that's still to my day, Destiny has taken it over, but that was like my most played multiplayer ever. I wasn't that kind of gamer. But I was still buying things on 360, Assassin's Creed, the original one. I bought on 360 because I read the comparisons again. It looks right here. It looks like trash here on PS3. And I can confirm because in our first few episodes that I mentioned you, I was replaying Assassin's Creed and did the PS3 version. I was like, no, I can't do this. And found a cheap bootleg, not bootleg, a cheap S360 in the Facebook marketplace. And that's how I required an Xbox One back then too. So I could replay the best version of Assassin's Creed. And I also bought Rainbow Six Vegas too, which was the bigger game that came out later that year. However, then my brother bought FIFA on it on PS3. Then he wanted Ratchet and Clank Future because I had told him, hey, I want PS3 games I can play. What well, can play? I was like, maybe Ratchet and Clank because you like Ratchet and Clank there. At that time, GTA 4 was coming out. And if you remember, it was like that was a big deal because all these outlets were giving it 10 out of 10, which was not seen in years since Ocarina of Time. And I remember showing the, my dad my review, look at this. He got a 10 out of 10. He was like, oh, interesting. When we went to buy my brother Ratchet and Clank, for his uh, eighth birthday. We also bought a Mario Kart Wii. At the same time, they had GTA there. In fact, they had it on a TV, they plugged in the 360 version, and I was trying it out. Little did had I known that my dad was also gonna buy GTA, but he bought the PS3 version. I was like, again, again, the version that I think it's weaker. And to my surprise, it wasn't weaker also. I was like, okay. Then a month later, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. The game when I was like, I got a PS3, I was like, if there's a game that's gonna justify me having gotten this machine that I'm barely playing because I prefer playing over here, is Metal Gear Solid 4. And that game was at the time phenomenal. Metal Gear Solid, my favorite PS2 series. Getting to see that ending at the time because that's how yeah. it was pitched. This is the end of the of the saga. It, it feels so fulfilling, and it still is. It really is. It's like that was like the perfect capstone for a fan like me. So I was like. So now I have Metal Gear 4 here. I had GTA 4 here. And Call of Duty 4, the game that I kept playing here. So I was like, I want to keep playing on the system that I'm still playing Call of Duty 4 on. Like if I'm going to travel, what game do I want to, what system do I want to bring over? If I'm going like to the beach, to our beach house or somewhere else and I want to have games to play, what game do I really want to be playing? Always Call of Duty 4 was that game. So, and I never, I never acquired the 360 version anyway. So, um, I stay there. And then a month later, on, J on July 3rd, ironically, I went back and looked. You know July 3rd is a very special day now for me. Yep. They announced PlayStation was going to get trophies. Finally. And then that's, how, that's when I made my decision. I was like, you know what? I'm staying here. And the rest is history. 
it was tough because it was me basically embracing the fact that I was always going to be playing in the console where there was always two versions of a game. More than likely, the 360 version was always going to come out on top. It was me always reading Digital Foundry and be like, please be good, please be good, please be good. Okay, the framerate is not as different, but they will always be like, if you need the two, if you had the, the choice of buying the two of them, get the 360 version. It was always like that. Yeah. It was only in very few times, like Final Fantasy 13, absolutely better on PS3 than on 360. LA Noir, surprisingly better just because of being on one disc. Dead Space 2, they both look sure. equal, but get the PS3 version because it comes with Dead Space Extraction and it's all in one disc. And but it was few and far between. It was always like Call of Duty versions kept getting worse on PS3. Like the Black Ops PS3 was horrible. It looked horrible. It had really yeah, it was yeah. It was the, the resolution was 960 times 544. That's how blurry it was. <laughs> so it was sub 720p. It's like some some games just straight up like did very crappy PS3 ports. Well, wait, but, didn't the 360 have the same problem? Because uh the early stages you only had what was it, VGA? Uh, yeah, but like internal resolution was still different from the, the output resolution from a TV is different from a game's internal resolution. So you could be okay. playing a game at 1080p, but if the internal resolution of a game is 540p, even though it's in a 1080p TV, it's, the games are going to look grimier or low res. Right. So, but then even um, it wasn't until later that 360 came out with an HD, HDMI. Uh, yes. The first version. revision. Well, not just HDMI, but the, uh, the red, green, blue that would plug in in the space of so the, actually the, the yellow right the, the red green blue came with my system in 06 that really? came immediately okay. yeah that it came with used it used to the yeah. my gen 1 360 was only yellow yellow red uh white interesting do you get the later... arcade one do you get the arcade like the cheapest one because maybe that's what it was because uh, i got the one no, with the hard drive. because the cheapest one didn't have a hard drive mm -hmm. and i got one with it was like a 50 gig hard drive at the time Okay, you got the one um, later because I got one with 20 gigs of hard drive. That's all they gave no, me. No, it was there. 20. Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it was 20. And then later on, I got one. I kind of like upgraded as they unlocked more ability for that. Mm -hmm. And I think the last one I had was like a 250 gig hard drive. And I was like, there's nothing I will ever be able to fit on this. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll never be able to put enough to yes. fill this hard drive. Mm -hmm. When Little games used to know. be four megabytes size sometimes i, I remember uh yeah, the dlc wars. for assassin's creed 2 was a gig and i went this is freaking ridiculous right if, I, if only we knew the right <laughs> but uh yeah. going back to that is like then the ps3 around 2008 was when it was starting to prove itself little big planet came out resistance 2 came out the next year killzone 2 infamous the next ratchet and clank feature uncharted 2 among thieves the game that completely blew everyone away and completely changed the perspective i had uncharted one at the time and i liked it but i didn't love uncharted until uncharted 2. so it was like pulling its weight on exclusives where on the 360 those exclusives started waning that at the time it was like the only reason to have a 360 was to have the better third parties but if you had exclusives it was like i'll take the l on the third party games and enjoy the exclusives that i have here and obviously like i always tell that that ps3 generation was like a late gratification for ps3 owners because we also had to go through the infamous 2011 PSN outage that lasted a month. So that was like enough fodder for everyone to make fun of everyone that owned so a PS3. Glad I missed that. <laughs> it was torture. Even, I, I, even at that time, I had stopped mainly playing online games because my brother had gotten that. I was playing single player stuff because there was enough single player stuff in that generation. Oh, yeah. But it's just the idea. I was like, man, I can't sing my trophies. What's, what's everyone playing? This feels weird. Um, yeah, it's like. 
But then 2013 happened when now in that year, Tomb Raider, Splinter Cell, GTA, uh, GTA 5, uh, Bioshock Infinite, in the comparisons, they gave the edge to the PS3 version. I was like, took them long enough. <laughs> that's the year that came, that yeah. that's the year that The Last of Us came out, and of course, that was the year that Sony literally delivered the SmackDown of the century to Xbox at E3 in the move towards PS4 and basically solidified that the PS4 was not going to be the main system. Yeah. So I didn't quite switch to PS4 just because of that, but it was like, it felt like my allegiance was rewarded in a way after having pursued there. Even though I always, even like what's funny is that I reacquired a 360 in 2013 just to play what I missed. Like, and because my 360 died, it ironically, it was like a biking funeral. I was like, I made the decision. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to main on PS3 from now on. Literally a week later, my 360 dies. It's like they, it's like my system heard me. It's like, oh, you're forsaking me. Dead. <laughs> so, and still on PS5 now. Like, it's like, it's so funny to think that my allegiance was solidified by Call of Duty 4. A game that was more a 360 game, but because I got it in the wrong system. That's how it swayed me there. It began. <laughs> it began there. Mistake. Yes, <laughs> that that's amazing. Was there anything else that you wanted to throw in there? Is that your yeah? That's my allegiance. Yeah. All right, mine is uh, significantly less. Um, I don't remember how Zach called it. It was a, a story of betrayal and heart. No, that was mine because yeah, I for, it, yeah because I forgot to even mention him that <laughs> December two thousand nine to March twenty ten was one of the, my darkest periods ever because both uh, my three sixty dying. What it started my process of sending it over and getting it fixed. A few months it will last, it will die again, and back and forth. Then my PS3 also died, which by the way, big lesson that I learned. Never leave your consoles in your floor. Always have them in your always have them in like uh in furniture or something elevated. I had my consoles in my room and I didn't have furniture. I had them both on the floor. They gathered dust, both died because of that. That's when I that was a hard lesson. And he reached a point that he, my, the dude that I was sending it over, he, um, he literally uh, couldn't find a solution for it to not keep dying. The day he told me a solution, I was like, you should buy a new one. I was like, okay, can you get me a new one and I'll buy, get it from you. And he got me the PS3 Slim that I still have. However, that bastard wanted me to pay him more despite having, he gave him almost $500 worth of repair money for both my machines. So I traded him both. He was like, you can have these for, um, for, you know how sometimes they have, things that they could use to use for repair so i was yeah. like you can have both of these i'll take this okay it's gonna be x amount of money okay i will i left never went back still to this day <laughs> that's why it's when i told sag that story he's like so it's a story of betrayal um let, let's look it up let, let me see if i can <laughs> all right while you pull that up um yes. i'm gonna explain mine to clarify it's not nearly as entertaining as Alejandro's mm -hmm. is, but um, it's got a few twists and turns to it. So my whole story was that um, I got into gaming pretty late for my age group and just interrupt me. Oh, I think mm -hmm. I lost you just now. Okay, I'm gonna not. wait then. Oh, okay. There all right there we go <laughs> we're like, back yeah I my think. internet got okay all again um so i think i was about to give a preamble for my stuff and uh interrupt me whenever you've got your answer on that mm -hmm. but um 
My story is. Uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. A story it. of heartbreak, betrayal, death, and theft. <laughs> death and theft. That's good. <laughs> Zach never fails at finding the singer. <laughs> cool. Um, so for mine, it's uh, a little less fantastic. Yeah. But less of a journey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's still a bit of a journey. So I got into gaming a lot later than people around my age group. Um, because I was born in 92, but I didn't really like, I had friends that had stuff, but I didn't play anything. The first game was a, uh, a fake blue phone that would open up the bottom half of it and it would play Tetris. Huh. Okay. That was it. That was a Tetris machine that looked like a phone. And, uh, the second thing I got was a Game Boy Color that we actually bought a, um, Super Mario Land from this guy that was pissed off at game trader and he was sitting outside of the store and he saw that we were going to buy a game boy color and said hey like i'll sell you this for x amount of money because they're trying to rip me off just goes to show you that um things haven't changed at all they're going to rip him off so he's trying to sell it outside on his own and so my dad buys it from him uh and not the store itself so i take that home and mario is like the first real video game i actually play in my hands um, so my you can say a nintendo system was your very first system right Same yeah as actually for nintendo yeah. um so that was like my whole thing i played that for a long time i got the little jack in with the light above it because those systems didn't have backlighting back in the day and um i played like that and then a few really terrible licensed games uh, i had no right picking anything because i had such terrible uh taste taste yeah for <laughs> anything i was like yeah the 101 dalmatians game that looks fun here's the thing All right we would justify we would justify those terrible games because at the time for us they weren't terrible they were of, yeah. they were of properties that we identified with right at the time, and so. um and they were hard i never beat any game on the game boy color ever um and then of course later on i would watch some of my friends play pokemon on theirs and i was like that looks kind of neat all right whatever um and it wasn't until i think i got a secondhand playstation one slim from my grandmother and what it was a the, it wasn't the one that had like the you can buy like a screen on it no not that one Uh, um it was just like it had the circle in the center and you'd hit the button and it would pop up like usual but it wasn't like the bulky gray one yeah it was a steiner it was, one yeah it was a little slimmer um but it wasn't the one with the display so i play i used that to play like the buzz lightyear video game it's amazing the one that the, you have to pursue the villain or the toy story yeah one. and like the whole game is you're chasing after somebody and it's almost like not really a racing game but it's mm -hmm. almost like a weird platformer where you're running forward and then you had like a weird boss fight it was so weird and they would like play clips from the tv, TV show, show as well yeah. i never and... beat that game because i stuck at the there was this dude with uh, that became a werewolf that was the last level that i played i never beat <laughs> i think i got stuck on the vampire guy But oh I no! I think remember. it's vampire. I think it was a vampire. Yeah, the, the Nos Nos 4A2, mm -hmm. and I remember his whole intro thing because I kept having to redo it over and over again. <laughs> I couldn't beat him. Um, but yeah, great show for anybody uh, looking back on that. Anyway, uh, I played the Atlantis Lost Legacy game for PS1, mm -hmm. which was just like all of your regular PlayStation One platformer. Treasure games. Planet. Yeah, um, I played that one on PS2. Okay. Um, so I'll get to that. 
but um, I played a couple of those, the Star Wars Rebel Assaults, um, Jedi Power Battles, the oh, episode man. one. Who do you play with? I played as Obi-Wan. Uh, either Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon, because my brother would play with me, so I would usually pick Qui-Gon. He'd be Obi-Wan, but I also like Mace Windu a lot. Um, when he still had the blue lightsaber. And Adi Galia had her red saber. She had a red crazy. saber. Yeah. Um, and I think she fought with like the reverse grip mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then Plo Koon was in it with his yellow lightsaber. Which is weird. The movies didn't even show that. It's like they both have yeah. either blue they or... They just kind of uh, guessed. Yeah. Um, but the, that was a that was a journey i'm telling you but did you uh, ever played the phantom menace game that was a top oh, yeah. down rpg the episode yeah. one the episode um, one yeah. that was so hard i actually couldn't beat that without the game shark cheats uh, <laughs> um, oh game shark. it was uh i still have that game oh and tenchu um mm -hmm. two specifically that that's one. why you like ghost of tsushima so much that's one reason yes. yes um i was but see that's the funny thing with like Tenshu and Atlantis specifically, I was so afraid to die in those games. I don't know why it just gave me so much anxiety, like the Atlantis level of uh, having to swim underneath the water. If I was about to die, I would just hit the reset button on the system. Mm. I wouldn't care. I was yeah. I was so afraid of deep watching scene my character game, die. Deep scene games always stress me. Yeah. Um, and then episode one specifically was just immensely hard because you could like reflect certain blaster shots but like because it was top down you couldn't really see them until they were coming at you mm -hmm. and you couldn't tell like how to jump over things uh the the distance it's the same problem with that i have with controls map uh -huh. it's just everything looks smush and i couldn't tell where things were um, and that was the only reason I beat it was because that, I absolutely cheated. That game was also hilarious because your character could get dismembered. Died is like he would your characters would turn into pieces. I forgot about yeah, he would like <laughs> get blown apart and stuff. Uh. That's true. Um and then I would also go to my uncle's house and play like the original SSX and mm. Medal of Honor and some of those. So those were immensely fun. But anyway, all to say played that switched into the ps2 because that was coming out at the time and then i played a ton of like, when did you get a games. ps2 because i remember when i got mine um it was an original ps2 so it would have had to the be a fatter one right the yeah, fatter one that has one. yeah that's the one that i got also um we liked that one because it was also a built-in dvd player so mm -hmm. i could like take it with me if we were going on vacation or something and we would just have something to play we got our we got our ps2 the same day that star wars episode 2 attack of the clones came out nice yes I my dad the my, that my dad was in such a high for star wars that we went to buy the ps2 to because he wanted to play jedi starfighter and he yep. was yeah and that was the game that he bought there so i'll never forget like remembering just like yes i got episode two that morning and then later that afternoon we got a ps2 i already had a gamecube at the time that was the first one of the three that i got I yeah I'll I'll get into that one actually later on but anyway um to digress with the PS2 era I played literally every single Star Wars game that was ever created for the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 on that thing Battlefront um, Battlefront oh I I have a Battlefront story 2. about that one but I shouldn't talk about it basically the short version is I was failing my English class 
my parents bought Battlefront 1 for me and they sat it in front of me and said, you have to finish this book report that's going to get you out of the, the failing the level. <laughs> um, and if you don't, we will return this. Yeah. And I was, I would stare at that stormtrooper and I would imagine. So it was the first one, stuff. the first one that had the big. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, first, the first one. Um, because on the back, it had the, actually, I think it had the clone trooper on the back. Um, I still have, it yeah, I still have it. I had that game on well. Xbox, so. It was fantastic. I actually, I cheated a little bit because my buddy, my neighbor had it. And so we played a little bit of it and I was like, this is the greatest thing I have ever seen. Um, and it's still two. to this day, fantastic. Yeah, two just made it even better. But um, with everything that goes on, it's amazing. I have a friend to this day that he's like in his thirties and he still plays Battlefront 2, the original one. Uh, on like his PlayStation 2 or on you can PC play them on uh, backwards compatibility on Xbox. I have both of them. Yeah, I, yeah. maybe he has an Xbox 360. That's what it was. But yeah, anyway, so I don't want to make this too long. So needless to say, I played a lot of really great games on the PS2. Ton of them. The original Star Wars Clone Wars, mm -hmm. which and was, it was like, just so ship, obsessed with it was like a ship tank. battles. Yeah, tank battles. Um, and it had like a weird storyline of like anakin learning some dark stuff from this one dude that didn't have eye sockets it was weird right but, um you would briefly be able to play uh outside of a vehicle and mm -hmm. that was a bunch of fun you could also do co-op uh versus games anyway also ironically that's the first time we saw anakin with a dark glove that was the first because yeah, the clone wars true. cartoon had him with like, the full robot hand so. and um which actually the clone wars tv show didn't come out till way later uh, 2003 and that mm -hmm. one was like a good couple of years before it mm -hmm. um, so anyway I uh, was about to talk my parents into getting an original Xbox because I wanted the trifecta and there was like Republic Commando and mm -hmm. uh, Knights, Knights of the, of the Republic, Republic and a couple other things that like I'd briefly been able to play at a friend's house but I wanted my own my parents said well do you want the original Xbox or this new one that's coming out called the Xbox 360 mm -hmm. and um at first, I was like, ah, I don't really want the 360. I just want the other thing. I want to be able to play my old games. Um, they convinced me, fortunately, to wait on the 360 when it came out. And sure enough, at that Christmas, uh, there might still be video evidence of me opening up the Christmas wow. thing and going ballistic because I got a 360. I was like, it's like that, that kid. That was me. Um, I was losing my mind. So... I was a 360 kid from that point onward, played everything on 360. Uh, sadly, I lost some along the way because um, the Red Republic Red. Commando game, well, hang on. The Republic Commando game was not playable on the Xbox 360, mm -hmm. and I had it in preparation for that, so couldn't do that. I did get to play Halo. Um, all of those, of course, everything else going on that you can imagine, I got to play it. And then... The red ring of death phase of my life happened Horrible. this was a uh a, a time of tragedy for me because i lost the first one and it froze up it wouldn't work at all as you know how that all works my dad says all right here's the phone you may call tech support and get it fixed because we know <laughs> this is a problem that they are fixing for free and i was just like i don't know what to do i'm like 10. um so <laughs> Actually, let me clarify real quick. Before this, um, in between the PS2 and the Xbox 360, I did get the GameCube mm -hmm. right after Katrina in 2005 because I um, 
I bought it for a hundred bucks at a GameStop and I split it between my brother. So we both put in $50 for it and we got to do that. Also in between that, I got to play my first MMO with RuneScape on my dad's work laptop back when he had <laughs> a Verizon, like giant looking video card Wi-Fi thing. You jacked into the side of it so you could get Wi-Fi. Um, and so that's how I would be able to play that game with a couple of friends that I had met at the time. So that was a whole crazy experience. Then I get a GameCube to play like Mario, all of those great things. Briefly, I got to play on the Nintendo 64 at these people's house that I was staying with. And I played Mario Party 2 and 3 on it. Um, In and, Nintendo 64, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was that whole brief time. But I got to officially say that I played some of the OG Mario parties. Um, and then back into our 360 phase. I'm struggling out here because my dad wants me to do all this stuff. It takes me a year and a half. <laughs> to actually manage i've called them i think three separate times during that course the first two just went terribly because they outsourced me to the people that i couldn't understand the last one had a guy that uh kind of broke it down for me i was terrified i probably was on the border of tears by that point and um fortunately they were able to send me the box to get it sent off i get a second one the second one, I play for a while, and then I'm playing Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen uh -huh. for the Xbox <laughs> 360. And the screen freaks out, goes checkerboard with uh, red and green, and then it shuts off. Can't get it back. I see that it is um, there's a black spot in the center of the Xbox 360. It has melted itself. <laughs> like, there's nothing left in this thing. And it's a miracle that it didn't catch on fire, frankly. Um, so do the same process, but I'm a lot better. I learned my lesson. I call them up, I knock it out, I get it done. They send me back a box, I tape it up, put the box in the Xbox in there, the thing, and the it goes away. It comes back in like four weeks. It's Mom. the same system, it's the same box, it's the same tape. They say, We fixed it. I open it up. It's the same system with the same burn mark. I'm like, guys, this isn't working. Go. So I put it back in. They're like, oh, we're sorry about that. We thought that was fixed. We'll take it away from you. And so they take it away again and they give me a third one. And thank God the third one continues to work. And I get through all of that. It definitely sours my opinion for Microsoft at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I've also played basically every single 360 game that matters. Mm -hmm. uh, because at that point, I was blessed to have uh, a mom who would buy me things because I would convince her. Uh, even though I definitely couldn't play M-rated games, I would convince them of like how the rating system would work in my head. Mm -hmm. And I would tell them how it works. And I was like, no, no, no. They do that so they can get higher sales. Uh, but it's not actually rated M. They just do that and they pay the rating company money so they get a higher rating so they get taken seriously because nobody wants to buy a rated E or T, uh, T game anymore. And part of that's kind of true, actually, but I made it up just off my no, back. No, 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 leg legitimately. It's like there's some games that are not yeah. that bloody. It's like, why is this M? Like there's Halo like, was most rated Most of the M. Halo games. That's what they are rated Until now. Halo 4. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, so a lot of that stuff, I would just like make up things. 
and I was like, oh yeah, so at the end of Assassin's Creed, they just he says the F word like one time after like a post credit scene, and you don't actually have to experience it. Uh, Assassin's Creed 2 is rated M because you get to go on dates with girls and you have to like carry them and protect them from stuff. That's why it's rated M, I, I promise. Uh, <laughs> Prototype is rated M because you're like you're being hunted by like demons and you gotta like you are the prototype and you have to fight them with with like the military and you help them out and they're like all right that that works that that makes sense i would make this stuff up by looking at the front and the back of the case and i would just i would spout nonsense at them to convince them to let me buy these things and then to experience all this crazy crap that's going on in these games like prototype just look up some gameplay of that that's not a fun game for uh families no not at all but um i loved that game so much i had no right to um goes to show you how much i started liking devil may cry and uh where strangers of paradise got its uh desire from. yeah wh at what age were you finally able to just get an m-rated games without I, I wasn't until like I could get that experiential caveat of like 16, 15 for Halo, like 16, 17 for Call of Duty because it was like military and I would convince them like, oh, this was real. Like this actually happened, guys. Mm -hmm. And they were like, OK, well, it's like World War II. OK, let's let's let's, let's play that. Um, but like nothing else. And then it wasn't until like way later that I could just convince them to buy me things because I'm like, all right, let me get that. Or I would buy it myself. And then I would lie about what it was. Um, because like my parents never knew I was playing GTA in that house uh, because they would hear all the, the horror stories of what that was. So anyway, mm -hmm. this isn't about Paul and getting uh, his abilities to play certain things. It's about my allegiance. So needless to say, I um, worked with my youth group and this is where it's finally coming full circle. And they had a PS3. Uh, the PS3 was owned by the youth pastor at the time, but it was also technically the churches because he bought it for the church, but he had his own games there. So we would play like Black Ops and Halo and some other, not Halo, what am I talking about? Well, I would bring my 360 and we would play Halo. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had a few things and one of those was Uncharted 2. Mm -hmm. And I knew I'd heard of it, but I'd never really experienced anything about it. So one day they're working on some things in the choir and I'm supposed to stay here by myself. And they have basically like a garage more or less in the mm -hmm. back of the church. And uh, that was like repurposed for their youth group. So they have like a TV, they have a couch, they have all that cool stuff and a window unit with AC. And they're like, Paul, we're gonna take like three hours. You can do whatever you want in that time. And I was like, can I play this PlayStation 3 with this game? And they're like, yeah, okay. So I put that in, plug it in, and I start playing Uncharted 2 with full knowledge that I only get one experience with this. And it transformed my life. Yeah, <laughs> that game. That game was so cool and had no reason to be. Mm. I burned through the entire game up to the point where you catch back up to where the flashbacks were mm -hmm. in one sitting. The middle section, yeah. Yeah, um, so I play through like the whole prologue and like everything else that gets you caught up to the train segment. Mm -hmm. um, and then I thought that was where the game was gonna end because it's like, oh, okay, well, you're at the, the end of the game. You catch up to the end of the game, that's where it is. So I never actually finished it. Little did you know. <laughs> Little did I know. So later on, I finally get like a PS3 secondhand. I sit down and Uncharted 2 is like the first game. Actually, I think I burned through the first one just to catch up and say that I played it. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that was all right, sure, whatever. And then let's like, let's get into two. And then I experienced like the greatness of Uncharted 2 mm -hmm. all over again. Um, was like, that was amazing. And then just played every single 
uh, ex- exclusive that I could get my hands on. Metal Gear Four. Metal Gear Four. Um, Jack and Daxter. Um, the AJ Collection. Infamous. That was like one of the first ones mm-hmm. I did. Infamous one and two, and I played through a ton of the user created content on uh, Infamous two, and it was just fantastic i loved all of that um there's a few others in there shadow of the colossus i played through mm-hmm. that and a few of those collections god of war um, yes i played through all the god of wars um i actually borrowed that from gamestop because i was working there and they let you take any game home for three days at the mm-hmm. time um some of them still do it but it depends on the manager so you can take it home and what i did was i took it home and i just played through every game that i possibly could and i would bring it back and then i would re-sign it out take it home mm-hmm. and keep playing it that's um, cool that you could do that <laughs> even brand new games as long as they have one that's called like gutted where they put the case up on the wall mm-hmm. you can take that disc home even if it just came out you get three days with it just so you can say that you have something to talk about for the game so that's how i played a lot of games and uh it was fantastic i love that but um anyway i got through all that playstation 3 but i was still playing my 360 the most then the whole reveal of the playstation 4 and the xbox one and that's when we got into the whole drm nonsense Mm -hmm. they were like oh you can't borrow games from each other i'm like i don't know what's going on with all this my friends end up playing mostly on playstation 4 in the end uh they kind of make their decision collectively to do Mm -hmm. that so i'm like well most of these people are all playing it that's one big thing and then the second was that i knew that i wanted to play like final fantasy versus 13 Mm -hmm. uh, that was supposed to still come out at the time you were gonna have like all sorts of other stuff that was coming out for the ps4 and then it was like well xbox has gears of war and halo and what else but then like the ps4 is going to be able to play all of the regular things plus all of their exclusives so in the end they had more exclusives and all my friends are playing on it so i bought a ps4 and my brother chose an xbox at first also the ch- uh, the price because mm-hmm. the ps4 was 100 bucks cheaper yes because it still came with the connect mm-hmm. my brother had his like two games and like dead rising 3 and stuff and that mm-hmm. was it and i got like all of these games and all of my friends and he's like it's not fun playing on the xbox anymore like there's nothing to play on here yeah, yeah. so he eventually bought a ps4 that's not true i actually bought it for him for his birthday um i forgot about that but that was when i had that uh disposable money income mm-hmm. so i like i bought him a ps4 so he could actually play with uh, all of our friends and stuff so that is where my allegiance became but like i bounced around all over the place yeah it can be understated how important that E3 2013 was with those reveals like and the DRM stuff and all of that. It's like your story of like, when do you solidify where in that generation? It's like, that's many, you said, but it, yeah. it goes to show even as someone that you were more kind of like, you didn't go down the rabbit hole of me having picked the losing side for a while because I liked the exclusive and being able to play all those games even though I was going to get the worst versions of them. It was basically in PS4, I got what i got on ps3 but now with the good versions of everything because the worst was over on xbox but yes like that mention uh the free games that playstation would give away also yeah with ps plus that they had to force xbox into adopting Mm -hmm. that system ps3 did it way earlier and still gave better and then but if that hadn't happened microsoft wouldn't have done all the good moves that they are doing now that now it feels like it's worth owning both once again 
it feels like it for once that they're actually going blow for blow with one another rather than one completely just demolishing the other. I mean, mm-hmm. We've talked about it like they might be demolishing the other, but it's only in one aspect, while the mm-hmm. other one has another thing that they don't have yet. So exactly. that's where it's like we're living in a new golden age, I think, with all of Absolutely. this amazing stuff going on, new people getting better quality out of less, more efficiency. It's a bit of a shame that some of the indies are getting lost in the shuffle but in the end mm-hmm. i'm really glad for everybody right now mm-hmm. um and i hope that we continue more things so even though we say allegiance is here it really is more of just a preference mm-hmm. and we love everything going on we just love video games exactly yeah and, and i keep saying it's like everything that i played this week was an xbox with the exception of the demo yeah. so it's for people to know so and, it's, it's uh, just interesting how that works out yeah so with that, that wraps up our show for today, Alejandro. We had and, a good run today. Yeah, and not only that, like just to show where our allegiances don't or don't lie, we're playing Halo. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna be playing. Which Halo. you can go check out another time slash another day at this yeah. channel, though. Yeah, you'll see it live. We're gonna be playing as much as we can, time permits. We're one. Yes. I'm gonna take Paul through all the Halos as we head into Infinite because slim pickings for new stuff right now. Other than a few stuff, might as well play something that will eventually lead to something sucks that infinite won't have co-op so we're going to be playing co-op before we all do each our own thing with infinite we'll eventually I mean, that's get the there, sad. though yeah but until then alejandro it's been great actually where can people find you real quick they can find me at twitch.tv slash the slayer giant where you will see the streams that we're going to do for halo and then those will be uploaded to our youtube channel at escape media you can find me at twitter at a underscore draw segovia you can find me on instagram at uh alejandro segovia 93 and you can find some of my written content at uh, thecriticalcorner.com where can people find you paul they can find me as always at both youtube and twitter at dork of art um twitch at angel sword 21 which is well you'll see the gamer tech not the channel up mm-hmm. today um but in the end those are all the places you can find me alejandro it's been great talking to you today and i can't wait to talk to you again while we shoot some covenants absolutely but until then everybody thank you all very much and press x to play adios everyone hasta luego